Right now, there is a live stream on YouTube showing war at one of the largest nuclear power plants, I believe, in the world. Is it in the world, Jack? Uh, certainly one of the largest in Europe, as far as we can tell. They may have larger ones in Asia, but this is the largest one in Europe. You can actually watch in, on live video on YouTube. We, 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 we pulled it. At first, we had this breaking news report, and it said they're shelling you know, or firing on a nuclear power plant. And so I titled this stream, like, reportedly doing this. And then Jack was like, I've got the live stream. And then we started watching the live stream. And you can see fire. You can see what looks like emergency vehicles. You can see military equipment. You can see some kind of uh, firing upon this nuclear power plant. So not uh, not confidence building, to say the least, but certainly one of the most shocking developments we've seen so far. And we've got a lot of up- other updates, too. Russian uh, warplanes entered. Be very careful how I describe this. Violated Swedish airspace and Japanese airspace. People need to realize that Russia is like 50 miles from Sweden and 50 miles from Japan and 50 miles from the United States. So they certainly are very close to all of these countries. And uh, there's there seems to be a real possibility of dramatic escalation uh, here. So we'll, we'll definitely get into all of that. And we also have this some of the craziest news. Russia today, RT, completely shut down. I mean, this is crazy. There's, I don't, how many people work at this company? Dozens, a hundred or more, all lost their jobs. RT just said an interruption in business. Here's what gets crazy. Social media has labeled Americans, uh, uh, like Twitter has labeled like Russian state media and Lee Camp, who is an anti-war, I, I think it's fair to say he's left, right? Leftist? Is that? I guess he's pretty, seems pretty centrist to me. He's Perhaps. level-headed, but he's definitely anti-war. He's an anti-war, anti-establishment guy. Spotify, took his podcast off the air. Now, the crazy thing is, I don't think his podcast is affiliated with Russia. It's like a YouTube channel that he made. Was Neil but, Young demanding he take it down? Hmm. Must have been. But uh, uh, he did work. Uh, he did have a show on Russia Today called Redacted Tonight. So I don't know if he's still doing that. But this is crazy. Like war hysteria. Huh. We are seeing this in real time. They're banning Russians from sporting events, from video games. Like FIFA's like, we're not going to have Russians in our video game. There's, did you um, did you hear they banned Russian cats? Russian cats yeah, from the cat show. What? Yeah. <laughs> White people have lost their minds. Yeah. Well, there's a report. Of, well, let's, let's, we'll just we're, real quick. Um, we'll just go through. We have a sponsor tonight, but yeah. I want to. We'll go through introductions. Sorry to cut you off, but uh, we got Jack Basobic hanging out. Hey, welcome me back. Uh, very good to be back here. It's been been a minute, been about a month since uh, since I've been on. Good to see Ian. Good to see everybody. Good to be in the compound. Right on. Dan yeah. Turner, Power of the Future. Always great to be with you fine folks. And and with Jack. We've done this before, and it's good to see you, my friend. Always a pleasure. Thank you. I'm Seamus Coglin of Freedom Tunes. We upload a new animated cartoon every single Thursday, which means we put one up today about Biden's State of the Union. I think you guys will really enjoy it. It's so good. Yeah, thank you very much. That's awesome. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Please check it out. Ian Crossland over here from iancrossland.net. The energy feels lively. I'm yes. ready to roll with it. Let's go. <laughs> Feels like a nuclear fire tonight. I'm oh excited to talk about this a little bit, see what's going on. Don't forget also, go to TimCast.com. We're going to have a members-only podcast, about half an hour long, they usually are, up around 11 or so p.m. So after we end this show, we do the members-only portion of the show where we talk about, you know, um, let's just say it's unleashed. There's more swearing and uh, crass language <laughs> and discussions. So that's available at TimCast.com, but as a member, you're helping keep all of our journalists employed, and we're eternally grateful for all of the support we do get. And also, don't forget to nuke that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's just jump in to this first story. We have the report here from ABC News. Plant spokesman says Russian troops have begun shelling Europe's largest nuclear power station in Ukraine. Plant spokesman says Russian troops have begun shelling it. That's basically the news. That's it. But we're not stopping there. We actually have this live stream, 
Um, I can't read Cyrillic, so I don't know who is the person who has the live stream up. It's not us, but someone has been able to get a live stream of the plant. You can see there's some smoke uh, coming out of it. The camera has moved periodically. But let me just do this. Let me jump to this. Well, story. It, seems, it, it seems to be the name of the plant itself. So I think it might be like an Oh, okay. It's, it's the actual. Right. Oh, so you're, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Was Zaprazitska. it? Uh, Zaprazitska. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So we actually have uh, some photos that appears to show uh, still grabs and video clips showing the actual shelling. You can see this happening right now. I I would be uh, I would love to have had uh, someone who knows the finer mechanics of a nuclear power plant to tell us what this could mean, what could happen, because apparently they've already hit. So, like, have they hit all of the of the power uh, of the power station? Well, like, there's, it, like, reactors, I mean, I mean. There, there's lots like at any nuclear facility that you're going to be involved in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, someone who's, you know, as I say, as a military officer, I've got have done you know some basic battle damage assessment training. So just like any military facility or large scale um, power plant, you know, there's going to be lots of outlier buildings, administrative buildings, office buildings. Um, there's way more buildings around this thing than the actual nuclear reactors that have the rods in them that have the ability to to melt down or anything like that now that being said um it's not a good idea to have a firefight at a nuclear plant plant to be firing artillery and throwing grenades and and all the rest of that for various very obvious reasons so this is is this uh what is this we have this this image here zaporizka is that what it is that is, am I saying that wrong? Zapor- well, it looks like yeah, it looks like in the English they're saying Zaporizhitsa, but in in the Cyrillic there was a, there was a K. So that, Zapor- was, that was throwing me off. But there's like a, it's it's like Zaporizhitsa. Zaporizhitsa. But uh, this is just north of uh, Melitopol, and that's what just north of Crimea near the Sea of Azov. And so it's so it's on the Dnieper River. So yeah. every every nuclear plant needs a water source, right? right. This is your basic nuclear power. Um, uh, value proposition so it's the same reason by the way why most why a lot of uh, u.s navy ships as uh, all u.s carriers and all u.s submarines are nuclear powered because wow. obviously they have a, yeah you know a, a very access to water plentiful access yeah. to water um i was going to say though russia has attempted and it's you know kind of on again off again to make a nuclear powered cruiser so actually, with the capability of essentially being able to fire, fire cruise missiles yeah. as a, this massive nuclear-powered platform, which even the U.S. doesn't do. So what's what, what are we doing here? What's this? Is this the is is this just a shocking moment? It's a flash in the pan, and maybe nothing bad will happen. Or uh, where, well, where it seems. Going? I mean, it seems this is again this is part of Russia's strategy, right? They are trying to take over all the strategic key points of Ukraine, and they're what they're trying to do really is cut the entire country of Ukraine in half using that Dnieper River as their essential boundary. So either they're coming down on the north towards Kiev, they're coming up from the south through, uh, starting obviously in Crimea, which they had already annexed in 2014, coming up north, they already took the city of Kherson. So the next logical move for any military procession in this was that you would you would continue up the river. Did you see that uh, map from Lukashenko, Belarus, yes. showing the attack into Moldova, though? Right. Yeah, what do you think about that? Um, I mean, that could be a lot of things. Now, we already know that Russia does have some troops in that separatist region of Trans- Transnistria. So it could have been a reference to that. I mean, the the quality of the map was hard to kind of really make yeah. out if there was any writing on it or anything like that. And um, obviously, I you know, everybody knows that, you know, I live with a uh, I have a live in translator when it comes to this part of the world. My wife uh, right. being Belarusian. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we weren't able. So I, was asked, I asked her if she could see anything on there. She said I couldn't really see anything. But even, I remember the night that this all started. Um, we were down in CPAC and we were staying at this place that had like crappy hotel Wi-Fi, um, nice hotel, but crappy Wi-Fi down in Orlando. 
and Putin's up giving his speech and she's like translating it in real time. And then I'm tweeting it out. And then Zelensky's coming up giving his response and people are all like, you know, how's, how's Posobi getting this stuff so fast? I'm like, I, I have a translator sitting there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's always the most difficult things. I've seen a lot of videos of Putin's <clears throat> statements and I don't know that someone's translated it properly. You know, do, do you trust a random person on the internet just posting quotes? You know what I mean? There was a funny moment of that. Well, I remember welcome, 2000 to, welcome to the Fog of War. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. That's funny right. moment of that in 2007 with, with Condi Rice when she was meeting with Medvedev, remember? And she kicked the translator out of the room because she speaks Russian and she said, you're not tra-. like she, she accused the, the Russian translator of purposely, or the, oh, yeah, the American translator of like either not purposely, but she accused the American translator of botching the translation to a point that it was distracting her and so she wonder, asked the translator wow. to leave how many times does that like, that's happened? pretty badass condi <laughs> i mean if that happened that's an example how many times do you think this is happening yeah. today like over and over and over again yeah already there we were talking about mistranslations in like islam and that the word power and force also mean god in in arabic yeah and, and like Come on, talk and about you, a mystery. And you listen the, to the uh, MSNBC um, translation of the State whoa, of the wait. Union. Yeah, it's, I was going to say, they don't even translate Biden properly. <laughs> um, <laughs> just an update on as what we're seeing. And the, the stream is freezing now. So, I mean, we might be losing, um, you know, our ability to see what's going on at this uh, power plant. But Ukraine's energy ministry. And again, fog of war, grain of salt, all the normal, you know, couching statements and uh, corollaries that we have to say, but Ukraine's energy ministry is now claiming that firefighters have been fired at by Russian troops Oof. while trying to put out the fire. I don't because I they're don't. going directly into a, an active combat. It's situation. possible. Um, it's entirely possible. Yeah, if you're a firefighter and there's conflict. They don't know who you are. They might fire upon you. Mm. But I just I'm I'm really not a fan of these comic book villainy claims that that, are, that come out from the west and to be honest even from you know russia oh we don't want ukraine to get nukes or whatever or we're trying to denazify putin saying you know we're gonna have an antifa thing or whatever that's ridiculous but but the idea you know that we we're hearing the the absolute comic book villainy of both sides from both sides mm. the propaganda is the russians are evil and they got these 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 videos of pow russian uh, pow's crying and saying like i didn't know they were gonna make me kill women and children or whatever and i'm like dude don't parade around POWs to me because I don't trust them when they say that, right? Mm. You, you've captured them. Their, their lives are at risk. The Ukrainian uh, Special Forces Command said, we're not going to take prisoners anymore. And a lot of people were like, well, that's an admission of a war crime. They were like, no more capture. If we do, we're going to slaughter. I think, they, what do they say, slaughter like pigs or something? Yeah, but that actually, I did see some people pushing back on that. And as we were just saying, that may have been kind of a translation thing where the the connotation may have been more like you we're going to kill you in battle so you won't you won't be alive for us to take prisoner right as opposed to we're we're not going to allow you to surrender no they they tweeted in english something and then deleted it yeah there was like a tweet in well no that was so i think that was either kiev independent or kiev post that was right, res- okay, that okay. was covering what was right. said but they may have been going off of the mistranslation right right but again right. i mean so here here's what i keep saying throughout all of this right and the one thing i've instituted um with all my team is saying i we're on a 24 hour you know rule with all this stuff because yeah. how many stories have come out since the beginning of this conflict almost it's i think one week i think we're at the one week mark today right um, that within 24 hours had been completely debunked, right? This shelling or this pilot Kiev, or Snake, you know, Island. Snake Island, right? It sounds like a Hollywood script, right? It sounds like a you're, Marvel movie. yeah, mm. you're like, like a movie script and you're, and, and at first, you know, oh my gosh, this is, this is, I can't believe it. 
and then it turns like, out no, I can't but you actually yeah, can't yeah, believe yeah. it right yeah. so <laughs> you, so keep in mind that you know you're seeing these situations and it's it's meant to emotionally affect you and emotionally hook you and the Western media, by the way, has been leaps and bounds beyond anything Russia has put out in terms of their information operations here. So kind of one little corollary I threw out there was, you know, the sort of debunks all of Russiagate, right? Because it wasn't, wasn't the predicate for Russiagate the idea that the Russians were ever these masters at information warfare. They dominated the yep. global information environment. Yep. And then it turns out that, okay, well, here's Russia in an actual shooting war, which they would really need to have their best info ops up. And they're, you know, screaming about genocide and Nazis. And sure, you, you know, we can talk about the Azov Battalion and we can be very truthful about what's going on. But at the same and and yes, there is shelling in Donbass. Yeah, 100%. But it's not the exact same thing that they're alleging. They cool. got the, 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 the Instagram hot babes of Russia coming out against uh, Vladimir Putin's uh, against yeah. their own government. He's done. And some yeah, of it's time to end it. Yeah, and some of these uh, Call it these, off. I thought I thought Benny the Insta- cats was going to do it, but this is These Instagram models are like the daughters of government officials. See, the thing is this is the power of influence war. The US controls Instagram. These young women make money off Instagram and feel social acceptance from mm. likes. When that's threatened to be taken away from them, they immediately come out and say, no, 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 I support the other country. That is scary. Like our corporations do when every time does. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. It's terrifying when TikTok, controlled by China, is operating here for the exact same reason. And what will happen if China moves into Taiwan? TikTok is going to light up. And all of these American TikTokers are going to be like, but Taiwan is China mm. and Ta- China has a right and blah, blah, blah. Taiwan is the Republic of China. Technically, it is China and the CCP is an invading force. I don't uh, know you had a TikTok. No, I don't actually. I think they, <laughs> we got banned from TikTok. Maybe I do have a TikTok. I don't remember. I don't think I do. But that's the Republic of China. That's the uh, the real government of China. The Republic that was basically pushed onto the island by Restore the, the CCP. Republic. Restore I, I, the Republic. I love the uh, the the thing that uh, the West that America has exported to the world is the awful hyperbolic language. Like yeah. when Sergei Lavrov, the Russian foreign minister, is talking about the denazification of Ukraine and they are Nazis. I'm like, you sound like a 17 year old kid in like a high school debate team. Like, are we all talking on this? Awful hyperbolic. I'm going to get rid of the Nazis from Ukraine. It's just, it's awful how someone who's been a statesman for 60 years sounds like, like a TikTok kid right now. Like it's, a it's, boomer. Yeah. We it's had, just um, unbelievable. Well, he's got to hold on to that though, because that's now the official line. And yeah. So no, he has to. It's just embarrassing. Because I think we need to remember too that, uh, you know, any of these statements now that, that Lavrov is making, and you're right, that he's, he's been known as someone who's actually pretty highly respected in the international community, even though, you know, obviously they disagree with him on a lot, that all of a sudden he's throwing that away to, you know, throw off these, these little like, you know, pot shot, like WD, WWE kind of yeah. lines. And the reason is, though, that's all getting played internally, yeah. right? And so they're going to show that to the Russian people, and they're going to, and it's it's going to play into this new narrative. And it's the same narrative that, of course, Biden and all of these companies that are coming out now and and banning Russians. You got oh, the thing I was going to say earlier, uh, Canada has said this Canadian minister of uh, transportation has said they're holding a charter plane in Canada full of Russian nationals, and they're not going to let it go. 
right? So the internal narrative in Russia right now is that it's the world versus you. And guess what? The world is playing right into that. Yep. Well, yeah. well, I, I got to say they crossed the line here. Check out they the story did. from NBC News. They did. International Cat Federation bans Russian felines from competitions. Just say cat. We surrender. No, it is time to give up. Fe- Federation <laughs> we International cannot keep doing this. Feline, too much. which hosts over 700 cat shows a year, said it cannot just witness these atrocities and do nothing. <laughs> what? Look at these cats. cats. No. Look at Okay, I can understand the I can understand the sentiment. I can't witness the uh, these atrocities and not do anything. But like that, that's the thing you chose to do. <laughs> that wasn't real. your only option. You like did the Russian so so what if an, like what if an American is a Russian cat? Is that the issue? Or is that's it like it. or is it like Kick him into the street and some poor sixty year old sorry, Oliver. <laughs> some poor sixty year old librarian has been waiting to show her Russian blue all year and it's like and she's from, you know, uh, Idaho and now she's like what what do you mean I can't go to the cat show? It's like you're a communist. Oh wait, 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 wait. So it's not even that wait, wait, wait. look at that, look at that. No wait, cat so bred in Russia. No cat br- so you could be an American. Oh, okay. Or right, imported. They think they're genetically it's an oh, right. imported or registered in any way. But what so, if that cat is a citizen in another country? Why is where they came from so important <laughs> to these people? <laughs> Those cats are just seeking a better outcome, exactly. a better life for themselves. They're refugees. And they're being banned. Exactly. Have they been I, bugged? Is that the problem? Are you just going to ban them? to citizenship for those I l- cats? I love this timeline. They're just dreamers. <laughs> they're just dreamers. They're dream, dream lines. They're, me- they're see, meowers. Feel these the people cats. like to Hold say... Hold on. <laughs> you almost got me on that one. The group said the new regulation will last through May 31st and... Will be reviewed as and when necessary. Like, is any of this necessary? necessary? Yeah, yeah. I don't understand. Preserve democracy. So, like, it's it's. it's, But this is this is war hysteria. This is the same thing as the mass formation psychosis we heard about during COVID. This is people being like, Russia, I need to put a Ukrainian flag in my Twitter account and ban the cats. Oh my goodness. There's there's another sentence here. I really have to read. Um. On top of that, our Ukrainian fellow feline fanciers are desperately trying to take care of their cats and other animals in these trying circumstances. There are far greater concerns there. Far greater this concerns. Is, and say like, and we're going to retaliate by banning Russian cats? Yeah, Look, it's like, wait, 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 wait. Feline stop, fancier? stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Shh. Wait. The announcement is the latest blow to Russia, <laughs> which has been hit with sanctions by a number of countries. They're reeling. What if you own I a mean, Russian I think, cat? Do you have to get rid of it? Vladimir no Putin yeah. is sitting yeah. in his chair stroking his cat, and he's like, That's right. He was like, what do you No! Yet! My... Yet! <laughs> what do you I mean she article. cannot compete? He, like, he looks at his shelf and he's got all of his awards from the cat show. Mayakoshka! Mayakoshka! I am a feline fancier. <laughs> there was great alliteration Touch in that sentence. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I'll, I'll give it a lot of alliteration. Did you find out if you have a Russian cat? Are you now... If it was, yeah, a, if it was to... bred in Russia. And they're going to come take it? No, no, no. Wait, bred in Russia or born in Russia? Bred or... Bred or imported. Because of... No, the cat could have been bred there but then could have given birth in another country. Wait, what? Yeah. If, if, if the cat are you suggesting was impregnated and it's an anchor oh, kitty. Are you yeah. suggesting anchor kitty? It's yes. anchor kitty. <laughs> anchor exactly. Kitties. Oh. I was smart. Country, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've gone from, in 20 minutes, we've gone from the nuclear firefight to anchor kitties. Yeah, yeah. the most important <laughs> news Fastest comes second. There's a Look, I think it's levity, levity. This is tough because yeah. this will be ripping families apart if it goes through. Well, but along Are the you going to separate? There's a great <laughs> restaurant in D.C. that is a Russian restaurant. I'm almost reluctant to say the name because I don't want to give them negative. Well, they smashed the windows. But they smashed the windows. Yeah. And a friend, oh, of, wow, mine, a friend of mine ate there last night and said, I've been coming to this restaurant for like the 20 years I've lived in D.C. And it is a Russian restaurant. But they're Americans. They just have Russian heritage and they make 
authentic Russian food, and now there's like a boycott the what? restaurant. And they must be like, you put me through friggin' COVID, and now you're putting me through this. Like, I just make borscht. Yeah. How am I responsible for this? When well, my response was when I saw FIFA had banned Russian clubs and teams or whatever from the game. I was just like, it's it's the stupidest thing ever. And I said, you know what? The Russian people are to blame to all of this. They should be punished. I you think. Well, ban them from we're, FIFA. We're, hold on. The funny thing is. When I tweeted, I despise appeals to emotion. Right. Yes. The left went nuts. Hey, you were trending, for like, you were trending for like two days. And I, I, and, I, saw and that. I was, was specifically referring to the translators, more than one. There were three different translators who cried while translating. And that was the viral story. Of course, I tweeted that because I tweeted about it a bunch of different times. And I made videos about it. But that doesn't play well when they want to like criticize. Like, I don't, it's the weirdest thing ever because I've been very like pro Zelensky and like mm. been supportive of Ukraine the entire time. So I don't know what they're trying to smear. But when they go when they go nuts on this, and then I tweet we jokingly because they're all basically like me just screwing around. When I say we must punish Russian Americans, or my favorite tweet was, I said, "Whoa, how do we know that um, Russian Americans aren't secretly working for Putin or worse, Trump?" <laughs> no. That that did not make any of them angry. Or when I said punish Russian c- civilians, like mm. that, that, that didn't make anybody angry. But how dare you question Appeal to the, 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 the sobbing translators. Okay, well, y'all just banned cats, so what, you what guys gets have lost me, your minds. What gets me about removing the Russian teams from the video game sports is like, uh, uh, okay, I understand trying like World War II, we put the Japanese citizens in internment camps. Hardcore. I don't know if it was the right or wrong move. Maybe they were spies. Maybe they did the right thing. But like I used to play Civilization. And Hitler's never been any, ever led any of the German countries. If you play Civilization and you play Germany, Hitler has never been in the game. They've eradicated the, the, the memory of that man from the video game. Still, 80 years later, they're still eradicating the memory. So like, yeah, the Russian teams are gone from sports this year. What if in 80 years they're still like pretending Russia never existed? It's, it's, Effing terrifying. Well, so That's here's so what weird. here's what gets me on all of these, you know, and and it's it's deplatforming, deplatforming, cancel. <laughs> we're trying to use cancel culture, we right? These, cats. The, the same way that <laughs> you know yeah. to affect Russia, but uh, I I don't think they kind of understand. Like this this was a planned operation. This wasn't like Putin woke up one day and said, "Oh, we're just going to do this." Did you see the report that apparently Xi Jinping said, "Don't invade until after the Olympics are yeah, over." Maybe, agreement. maybe, maybe. I, I mean, there's a lot I'm of propaganda. Skeptical. I'm skeptical, but. At the same time, you know, I think this is something that was planned out for months in advance. I guarantee you that Putin went around to all of like the top oligarch, anyone who has any actual sway within Russia and explained, this is what's going to happen next year. So you need to set up your stuff however you want to set it up. And, and Daniel, you know this. These guys have stuff off the books in every country around the world. It's not in their names. It's not in their kids' names. Yeah, you can take their yachts because you know it's them. But they've got mansions you don't know about. They've got planes you don't know about. And they're going to use them and they're going to be fine. So these sanctions aren't going to hurt anyone important in Russia. You're going to hurt the regular people yeah. you're going to he- hurt the disabled athletes that want to go to the paralympics you're going to go after the oncology researchers that are trying to help people with cancer in uh in russia right you're going to hurt all of those regular people behind the scenes that's number one and number two is you're going to turn all of them not against putin they're going to be against you because you put the sanctions on what would you if you had yep. been the president when this happened last week what would have been an adequate response well i mean at the I'm same time, cancer. You, you have to you have to go back and say, you know, we we responded to escalation with more escalation, right? 
So it's we've been ratcheting up things as they've been ratcheting up things. And so from the start, you should have not been doing that. That's always the wrong the wrong move, obviously. I, I think, uh, you know, we needed Biden to have because we knew the invasion was coming. Biden should have had a had conversation with Putin a long time ago. And, and he did. And he should have said, if you hit. Ukraine, I will hit Moscow. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe Biden. Mm. He should have been like, oh, come on, fun. man. Come on. <laughs> no, the joke well, is, you, if you, if you go get borders. those Iranians. <clears throat> Donald Trump reportedly told Putin, if you, if you try to take Ukraine, I will hit Moscow. Yeah. He said, all those beautiful golden turrets will be destroyed. Yep. Do you and remember? My, when... my favorite though is he told Xi the same thing. If you go after Taiwan, I'll hit Beijing. Yeah. And the story was that both Xi and Putin were like, like kind of shocked that someone would tell them, I will kill millions of civilians if you take a, if you engage in regional conflict. Remember Trump timed the original Syria strikes for when Xi Jinping was meeting at Mar-a-Lago over dinner. And there's, you know, there's a story that as cake was being served, they leaned in and told Xi Jinping that the strikes were taking place. That's right. Yeah. But do you remember when, when, when Putin just met with, when Biden just met with Putin a couple months ago, he came back and he said, we talked about seven things that I told him were off limits. I mean, right, right. then and there, I was like, yeah. well, what if I'm number Kiev. eight? Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. so the seven things that you can't hit, you, uh, seven American assets, right? I, we went through seven things that he can't touch. This, that, that was after the cyber attack that closed Colonial Pipeline. So right off the bat, Putin, I mean, if anything, he watched the State of the Union. He felt more yeah, emboldened. I was going to oh, say, well, I didn't hit any of those seven yeah. things, so I'm good to and, go. And if, yeah, you watch exactly. the, and if you watch the Super Bowl halftime show, he's like, they don't deserve to live anymore. Like, all, we should just invade the West completely. I think people need to recognize that Vladimir Putin is passionate uh, and he's old, which means he's got to make whatever move he's going to make now because he's almost 70 years old. So I think I think Russia is going to win what they want to win. <clears throat> I don't I, I we we already have these crazy stories about NATO's involved. They're 100% involved. They're just playing weird semantic games. Hmm. Latvia has apparently voted to allow their citizens to join the fight on the Ukrainian side. Now how is that not declaring war? It's so ridiculous. Well our our military isn't involved. We're just sending waves of our own citizens with guns um. into Ukraine to shoot you. That to me is absurd. Plus you've got the arming, you've got the the uh resources, we'll put it that way, being given to Ukraine. So it's ridiculous that we're at this point where it's like, well, if NATO gets involved, they're involved. Yeah. So this is, we're, we're back under, this is something that I've noticed, you know, kind of zipping around on Twitter, reading a lot of stuff that we seem to have kind of forgotten the sort of rules of the cold war. Like the reason that we don't go directly, um, bullet to bullet we don't fire upon russian assets and russian assets don't fire on us so we have these proxy wars right to we had afghanistan throughout the 70s and eight late 70s early 80s then we had the vietnam war prior to that where again russia of course was supporting the Viet Cong and supporting the nva uh, and then we got involved in the south but russia didn't actually send you know they may have had a couple advisors but they didn't send forces down um same deal with korea right during the korean war Russia didn't get directly involved. They had some air assets, but they sent China in. They had North Korea, but they didn't go in themselves. Same idea for us. We don't want to get into this shooting war with another nuclear power. So we end up doing all these proxy wars. And essentially, if you're looking at it from Russia's perspective, they view the current regime, uh, the government of Ukraine and the Ukrainian military as an American or at least Western proxy force. This is since uh, 2014. Since 2014. Basically, what the CIA since in, the coup instigated the coup. Is it a, is it like official that the CIA was involved, or is it just assumed? 
I mean, they were certainly involved. The, the level certainly of Western, debated, yeah. There were certainly Western assets involved. I mean, you can, you can have a, a debate about, you know, who started it or who, you know, whether or not it was justified, but it certainly was U.S. supported. And that blockaded and, and like hindered their ability to get oil into the Black Sea. So that's why he took Crimea, Crimea almost instantly after that. Well, it, it, I mean, it changed a lot of things, obviously, but they were looking at a situation where, Remember, the Russian Black Sea Fleet it's at that port of Sevastopol has always been there, right? That's always been a Russian naval port, and that's their major port, uh, their major Navy base on the Black Sea. So they were never going to give that up. They just, they just weren't going to. It's their only warm water port. It also grants them access to the Mediterranean. Yeah, it's key. Which that's, causes it's issues like with uh, the Bosphorus in Turkey because Turkey controls – it's it's Russia's already in a a weakened position with that being yeah with Turkey mm. being in NATO I mean how do they get through the Bosphorus well so I mean that's why they're taking Ukraine so they can go over land if if you need to get through the Bosphorus you know just because Turkey says no it doesn't mean you can't get through yeah I think there was a big issue with that because Russia did it no no I think the U S did somebody was like we don't care and just went and Turkey was like eh, yeah shipping routes man I think the Suez is also underrated I think a big part of why the military buildup in the Middle East that the United States has been doing is to protect the Suez Canal and the shipping 100% but But also look at if you want to go through and actually look at what we can see not the apocalyptic you know version of Greta Thunberg climate change but the actual climate change effects that if you look at that northern sea route that's opening up across uh, essentially the Arctic Ocean. Russia is a clear beneficiary of all yeah. of this because you can make it from Dalian, China to Rottenburg, uh, Denmark in like two thirds the time or even half the time that you would take that you would need to go through the South China Sea and then the Suez Canal. If you cut that all around, that's the reason that Russia knows that going 15 years from now, they're going to be the ones in charge of that northern sea route. I would advise anyone that's listening to the show um, to pull up like a map, a Google map or like some sort of map and well, follow along. Yeah, because it's really cool when you type in the names of these areas. places and you can understand geographically what, what's going on. Well, a lot let's, 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 let's do this, too. Um, I got the story out of UPI. Russian warplanes violate Sweden's airspace. Reportedly, uh, Sweden's Air Force dispatched JAS-39 Gripen aircraft in response to two Russian Su-27s and two Su-24s briefly entering its airspace east of Gotland Island in the Baltic Sea. We also have reports Japan says a Russian helicopter violated its airspace and scrambled fighter jets. To give you context on, on the, the, uh, the sheer size of Russia, we come over here to uh, – we got Google Earth pulled up. Here's Japan, right? It's Russia right here. There's Vladivostok. And so you've got these islands. We're talking about, what, 50 to 100 miles away from Japan. That's Russia. If we zoom out and go all the way across Russia over to Europe, check it out. Not only – do you have Moscow right here with Finland? You have Kaliningrad, which is right here. It's an oblast. And this is Scotland. So Russia is massive. On top of that, let's just go over here and point at the fact that Russia is 50 miles from the United States. So they got a lot. They're, they're spread out very thin. It doesn't mean that uh, they can win. But it does mean that they can reach many different people very, very quickly. And mm-hmm. if Russia has been preparing this for some time, they can easily move troops and armaments into various regions, argue, like across, like very close to many different countries you'd, you'd expect to be on the other side of the planet without anyone knowing, or at the very least without setting off alarm bells and pissing anybody off. It's their own country. It's Russia. So they put troops in the east and the west, and they can mm-hmm. effectively be ready to fight on, on you know, 
all spheres of the, uh, and of the planet. One, and one of the things that Jack was just talking about when it comes to the Arctic is we've been watching the Ukraine build up for a long time, the troop build up on the Ukraine border for a long time. The, the Putin's army buildup in, in the Arctic has been massive. It gets very little coverage and the ones who are the most afraid are the Norwegians because they are, they're not members of NATO, right? They're not, I don't believe they're even part of the EU. Um, they're the largest oil and gas producer up there, but Russia is saying, no, 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 this is, this is ours. The Arctic is ours, right? And there's a reason why clearly they want the Arctic. Um, they have, they are building enormous and have built enormous, uh, LNG ports. Along their north I mean, coast, in, in terms of will export LNG now directly to to the world. In terms of military force, I mean, it's 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 pretty clear that Russia does have a strong command presence when it comes to the Arctic at this point. The United States, I think, only has one icebreaker at this point, and it's it's always you know it's kind wow. of in. Uh, you know, it's always stuck in the ice. Always, it's always either, yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, but it's, it's like, it's barely, you know, barely works very well. China has a ton of ice cutters, but of course, uh, China does not have any actual access to the Arctic. So if China, this is another part of that relationship, this burgeoning relationship that we're seeing between China and Russia. If China wants access to the Arctic, they've got to go through Russia. If Russia wants their financial backstop, they need to go to China. The one you kick them off swift, well, one belt, one road is right there yeah. for you. Yeah. So, but to, you know, Ian, in answer to your question, if I want to curb these, you know, excessive and obviously aggressive and insane behaviors of the Russian government, you know, you can say, all right, we're going to try to put sanctions on Russia, but obviously they've priced that into this proposition. Have we tried putting sanctions or ec using economic leverage on China, on the oligarchs of the CCP, on CCP leaders, going after them, going after the yuan, using anything that we can there? Because obviously China and China and the United States do not have a strong trade relationship. We never really have. But China and the United States. Oh, yeah, obviously. Oh, Russia. You said China. The first oh, excuse time you said me, China. Ru Russia yeah. and the United States. Russia and the United States. You think that's just because we don't have sea routes and we're not right because China and the United States are kind of right next to each other? I mean, I guess the Russians and the Americans do have sea, plenty of sea connections. We just... They just don't have much to trade. What is it? Why are, why are they not a great trade trade leader? They're so massive, is what I'm at. Who? Why the Russians? Russia what is, and America not trade leader? Is it just because it's like un, uninhabitable? Most of Russia. Well, most of Russia is uninhabitable. Yeah. That those the you're yes on a map it's it's massive, but a lot of that area is, is either unused or it's not arable or they just don't have the people, the population to. Uh, Putin was trying to hire you know uh, farmers for Siberia at one point or like recruit people to come in and oh yeah give them know, a place for free yeah, as long as they, they work the land right they were talking about bringing you know the South African farmers up there as a way to you know get away from the issues that they were facing the farm murders down in South Africa but um yeah for the majority of that area right you're you're really only looking at it in terms of resources and in, when it comes to those resources as Daniel of course would be able to explain much better than me um and knows it better than me you know we are competitors in those areas yeah it's pretty terrifying to think of the 21st century and all those resources in Russia with with the with the actual amount of power Russia has which is not that much and the amount of land they well, have, and that's which is why, very, very, very much. I, 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 that's I why the currency mm. stuff doesn't hit them the way that we would expect right. it to, because yeah. they still have the resources. But, but I, I would disagree with saying they're, they're not that powerful. They're, they're, they have, what, like 60% of the military capability of the entirety of NATO? And that's, that's it's it's substantial. Yeah, oh, wow. they have different type. Yeah, they have they have different different type. Yeah, more of power. nukes, absolutely. But, but I mean, but you, they, you, they are they are our largest. We are their largest customer for fertilizer. Right, around eight hundred million dollars a year in fertilizer. That now probably we're not going to buy. What are we going to do when we're, it's, we're, we live in a rural area? You're, you're getting ready to harvest in a couple of weeks. What are you putting on your field? You need about a hundred pounds of fertilizer per acre. 
So if I have a 5,000 acre cornfield, what am I, so am I, do I just lose the crop? So I have to buy it from somewhere else. So what are corn prices going to do? What are wheat price? Wheat prices have already doubled. So what are food? So, I mean, we're worried about, well, the price of the pump. And I am, I'm an energy guy. I'm worried about the price of the pump. I'm worried this November, I can't imagine what food prices are going to be. And you want to see violence. Yo, wait till people already, are hungry. I might have misheard you. You said I thought you said we sell them. No, we buy from we them. buy fertilizer we buy from, from them. them. Yeah, no, we buy from no the same. And it's yeah. disturbing that we buy it. It's disturbing that we buy so much. Well, no, it's disturbing that it might get cut off. It's disturbing that we buy our pharmaceuticals from China, and that mm-hmm. is what I hate about globalism. Who has out? Who decided? Who's the brain trust that said let's put these things in yeah. the hands of our enemies? Let's let's, let's just let's just point out how moronic the leadership of this country yes. has been outsourcing to China. Then we get COVID. What does China do? They have their citizens across around the world buy up PPE and ship it back to China. We don't make our own medicine. You have to be a special kind of stupid to outsource to China and then pick a fight with 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 Russia, who is going to be who's, who's going to be working um, with China. So now we're in this position where, like you brought up, fertilizer, yeah. but we've also got vitamin C, antibiotics. Yeah. Now you get Biden coming out in the State of the Union address being like, we're going to be investing in these these chips for your computer chips. And he's basically signaling war may be coming and we mm. will lose Taiwan. I can And I can verify that first thing you said in case anyone thinks that you're lying, um, which you never would or you're misrepresenting the truth. Married to an Australian in November of 19. Andrew said, I was talking to my mom, and he's from a rural town in the outback, and said, my mom said the weirdest thing happened. Like, she was at the grocery, and this bus of, of some Chinese people got out, and they bought everything. She said, like, what the heck was that? She said, and, and then, like, neighbors talk. This is November of 19. He was saying, it's so weird. Everyone I talk to in my little town says a van of Chinese people will show up, and they will buy everything in the store, and it will disappear. It was reported and, that, and, and that was China told, told, that was beginning of like getting paid China to told their it. citizens in other countries to buy PPE and send it back. Right. Send it back. Yeah. Well, I, it's interesting because we've been talking a little bit about nuclear weaponry and mutually assured destru- uh, destruction. One thing not a lot of people consider is that biological weaponry is also considered to be a weapon or a form of a weapon of mass destruction. And China literally created one and released it. I know that there's still some debate around that technically, but I think it's pretty straightforward. And wow. so I, I would leak. say, yeah, well, it's a, so a lab leak. But if a country accidentally detonated a nuke in another nation, I don't I mean, think we would but, give them but, a pass but, but, because no, no, it wasn't this is, intentional. This is, this is the, to, to again, to the, to the moronic nature of our leadership. Hmm. For Fauci to be working in any way with any groups mm-hmm. that were working with China, you are you are you are working with a group that despises you. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Chinese Communist Party does not like us. They want to displace us. They've insulted us. They they outright say they want to take Taiwan. They press the South China Sea. They sink Vietnamese ships. This is not a country we should be like. Let's give them more stuff. No. Let's give them more access, more resources, no. more 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 authority. And and it's just the the sheer absurdity of the U.S. picking a fight. While giving things away is, it's the craziest thing. So, the, the, I suppose the, the neoliberal idea is that if we build trade lines, we won't go to well, war. Well, that was it. That yes. was, that was, that was Clinton and, and the Golden uh, Arches. Golden Arches, well, Golden yeah, Arches the theory is, is a version of it. The idea that two nations that have a McDonald's have never gone to war with each other. Which is not true. And is it, well, and, and also, so it is, Especially. it's interesting because it is the case that countries that stop trading with each other are more likely to go to war. Libertarians down yeah. hard. Yeah. Uh, but that said, yeah, I 
I mean, a huge part of this, I think it's just indicative of our total inability to defer gratification as a people. I, so there's this country that we're trying to pick fights with while at the same time still giving away our resources to them because there's a short-term gain for it uh, in it for us. We're not actually thinking about a long-term strategy here when they very much are. I wouldn't say that not trading with a country makes you more likely to go to war with them. I don't think that's a fair correlation. Oh, that's correlation. fair. I, I'm saying there's – I'm not – okay, that's but, fair. But trading I, I mean, with it's, a country – corollary. It's not they were saying it, They were saying it the other way around, that yeah. if you trade, It creates you a disincentive to go to war. To yeah, go to yeah, war. This is exactly. what we were told in the 90s when we gave China most favored nation status under Clinton, right. that as they begin to grow at, and, and become a trading partner and as they get a taste of our – It will open world, them up and it will make them more transparent. And what they did is they polluted – they polluted capitalism. Better weird, access to Halliburton and uh, it's Raytheon. It's so, a very bizarre, almost Marxist idea that the way we solve people's problems is just by increasing access to resources or building wealth. And it's, it's, and it's an issue of materialism. Yeah, materialistic. and so we do see it with hyper-capitalist uh, ideologies as well. But they, they meld together. Very, it, It's very ironic because people see like hyper-capitalism and communism as being diametrically opposed. But the reality is this idea that we can solve people's problems simply through materialism and that they will be become more evolved and better people because their wealth has grown is obviously completely backwards and we're seeing the effects of that now with China. Look at what we did I, in Afghanistan. We gave them all iPads but they don't have yeah. internet. Yeah, material. I know. I, it's I, like, well, there you go. Congratulations, guys. I think we need the U.S. government to heavily invest in some kind of public infrastructure for protecting the American people from uh, nuclear war. P- perhaps we could build big underground, I don't know, vaults. And uh, we call the company something related to that, like Vault uh, Tech. Vault Tech. Vault Tech. Vault Tech. Like technology. And we would number vault each technology. vault. In order to communicate, could we have certain armbands? Yes. As an example. Absolutely. Well, like a, rate, that, like that a would, computer? That would actually – Well, I'm – right, 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 yeah, right, like right, right. yeah. What would you even call something like, a, like that? What would you even call something know, like that? Like a, now, since the U.S. dollar is uh, going completely – Pip boy or something you know, Since the U.S. dollar is going out of – is being devalued, what could we use as currency in this situation? I don't know. Oh, hey. No, no, no. I actually have an idea. The most logical answer to that question would be soda bottle caps. I can't think of anything else that well, would be better Well, it's metal. You can melt yes. the metal down. It's, it's very easy. Yeah. It wouldn't make any sense I, to use I, ammo. I, I want to Daniel's out. like, what I is going no on right now? I assume it's a movie or a video game <laughs> fallout. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what we're talking about. Definitely I, wanna, I didn't even fallout. play. I just know the lore. <laughs> That's good I want to point out real quick. I'm old. When Jack said we could wear something on our wrists in Fallout, you have the Pip-Boy. And the Pip-Boy shows your health status. I'm literally wearing a whoop. You're pretty close, yeah. I can pull up my health status and my heart rate and stuff. But it doesn't have the graphics. But check it out. When when I was yeah, getting right. sick, the Whoop knew I was sick before I knew I was sick. Of course, and so and did Google. Like, of course, whoever owns that. And, and so Google, did Jeff right? Bezos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the Chinese found out. Gets his daily Tim Pool report. Jeff Bezos is like he like wakes up and he goes to grab his coffee and then he like opens a tap and he goes, "Oh, Tim's sick." No, Tim's sick <laughs> Dude, wouldn't it be hilarious if there was just this long con? Uh, sabotaging or like this idea of warfare where the companies that own that uh, IP are actually like selling it to China and then China ever so tweaks like All right, I know this is healthy for him we're going to tell him to do the less healthy thing <laughs> instead right. of the thing that's morally for him because we're going to weaken him as a person you'll it, notice it people didn't really laugh do, when you said that that's kind of freakishly possible do you think so yeah. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. not, people I'm drive into the swamps because their Google Maps tell them no, to Apple, sometimes Apple. no Apple I think it's possible it's that Apple I think Maps. it's possible that people would listen to that absolutely if you're yeah, watching I'm, I'm half joking yeah, though about you, this you it seems like such shot. a oh, tiny oh, little oh. thing yeah before, before guys before we get too far off this so the the nuclear plant situation ton of uh, and this is a tweet from Ilya uh, Lazovsky 
The actual nuclear specialists are coming out of the woodwork to say that, no, we would not see a Marvel movie-style explosion. Yes, it is bad. Fuel could leak. There could be radiation that comes out of that. But let's not retweet government pronouncements uncritically. It is a different kind of reactor than Chernobyl. Uh, you can scram it. You can shut, do emergency shutdowns. The concrete shells they have on this thing are capable of being hit by aircraft weighing 20 tons and not going... Um, you know, not melting down. And it's, Ian, you and I were just talking about this before. You know, the reason Chernobyl melted down is because they were running a test and the test went crazy. It wasn't just some uh, random fire that broke out and then it, you know, ignited everything. And Chernobyl, it, because it exploded, it shot nuclear fissile material into the atmosphere, I believe, and then it, yeah. it blanketed right. the area. Right so like carbon. If, if the corium just melts, it just falls into the earth. It just falls down and then hits the cement and then melts through the cement and keeps melting through the ground until... What, right, so we are not... Down. So fortunately for everybody else, out there you know it crazy as it is you are not in a situation where this thing could melt down over this first. hey they turned the chat on it looks like oh no okay no they stopped it i see the stream ended they did have a chat oh they stopped the stream oh, yeah stream stream ended no that would have been we'll uh, see if they, they, have, have, a they have a new they have a new uh, they have a new one up? up yeah but does that have the chat up disabled uh, for the chat is disabled stream, yeah Oh, I still have yeah. a check going, but maybe it's... They disabled the chat for the nuclear firefight. I can't tell. Well, can you imagine... Can you imagine... I mean, the APCs are the still chat? there. The artillery's still <laughs> there. Can you imagine, like, if we were able to document other historic events like this, like, if we were able to watch live streams that had occurred of, like, events in World War II and see the chat? Pickets charged. And a lot of people were just like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still have a chat on mine. You get oh, Really? Yeah. Oh, well, you're, you're on a different one. Oh. Mm. Yeah, someone else has aggregated like, a bunch of live feeds. Hastings.com, like, oh, he's arrived. Right. William's here. Well, I, I wonder... His, his, <laughs> the charge also, of the light brigade. I wonder I wonder how much of it would just be, like, crazy, insane memes, too, because that's I feel like what well, it's it, going it, to be today. No, yeah. no, it was. I was talking about this the mega mines ukrainians with massive balls meme and i'm like it was just a really garbage meme but you've got intelligence agencies spamming pro-ukraine propaganda mm. it works to a certain degree look at all the people that have put the ukrainian flags in their yeah. in their twitter profiles yeah, i'll right. tell you one of the things that really triggered the establishment the lefty activists mm. was when i said i noticed everyone was flying west virginia's colors I was like, it's, it's about time everyone recognized how awesome the state is because, you know, West Virginia University uses blue and gold. They got pissed at me for that. I was like, why are you so mad? It's a joke about the, the blue colors for West Virginia. Calm I down. Think, I think they really believe this is like the end of Western civilization. This, this is like the beginning of the end of Western civilization. It's, people have been so freaked out and manipulated by Russia. It's, I understand the fear of the Soviet Union communist nuclear missile crisis. But Russia is not the Soviet Union. It's a federation. You can argue there are a bunch of oligarchs in control over there, as well as you could argue that in America that there are. And in China, apparently, oligarchs are running the show. And, and in Ukraine. Yeah. And in Ukraine. But but I do love what you said because you have heard that a lot from politicians. This is an attack on Western civilization. We have to defend Western civilization. And the first thing I thought of was if six weeks ago – I said something about Western civilization. You would have called me like a white nationalist. <laughs> yep. True. No, you're right. You're you absolutely see, right. You know, Vlad, so now you, we you, love Western civilization again. Did you see Joe Biden? When he said that the people of Ukraine are fighting for their homeland and they're like, they have an iron will, will. An iron will. And it was Lauren Southern pointed that pointed this out. She was like, that was like every racist dog whistle. That if Trump said that, they would start writing article after article saying wow. it. Protect so, us. so especially her, her argument was he was accidentally racist yeah. by their own standards. And she's right. She's right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They just ignored it. So you know what they're doing, by the way, with this? They are going to, I guarantee you, they are going to try to use this nuclear plant situation as a way to get a no-fly zone instituted. 
You watch. Yeah. That's exactly what I can see. This is where it's going to go. They're going to say, turn around and say, you have to institute mm -hmm. this because of the recklessness that we're seeing because of the shelling. And you're going to have to institute a no fly zone at what, whatever the cost, whatever the cost. I assure you in the event that happens, they're going to liken it to Chernobyl. They're going to say the risks of another Chernobyl should never be allowed. Oh my goodness. So we are instituting a no fly zone. Vladimir Putin, mark my words. I didn't see Chernobyl the movie, but was it scare tactic or was it accurate? It was a TV show, wasn't it? The, yeah, I, the, I, I thought it was, fanta- I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I thought it was very well done, actually. Yeah. But did it really, scare really people well into like nuclear fear? Oh, but big time. Big time. I mean, if you're, if you're someone who's anti-nuclear, that's the movie well, you want heck, everywhere. Heck, the, 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 the Fukushima meltdown scared Angela Merkel into canceling her whole country's nuclear reactors. Right. And you want to say, but Germany doesn't have a lot of tsunamis, Angela. Like you, 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 you shouldn't right. be worried about that. Let me tell you, Angela Merkel, if a tsunami hit Germany, nuclear fallout is the least of your problems, <laughs> right? You got a lot bigger, but she shut down the entire country's nuclear program. Now they're buying LNG from Russia, and they're afraid to sanction LNG Russia. that liquid natural gas, which yeah. is methane. Which because methane. They, they, all, yeah, 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 almost predominantly, yeah, and because they don't have enough energy. What are there other natural gases so, than methane that are? Eh, no, that's the predominant one. Is is methane? And if you look at Germany, like the the, the amount of coast they have, it's not that much. So, you know, where are they shutting down these nuclear power plants? It's just. Greta Thunberg comes out and she said those magic words. She said, how, how dare, dare you? you? Mm-hmm. And everyone just collapsed and grasped their hearts and, <gasps> well, for and years, realized how, how wrong they were. For mm-hmm. years, we were talking about, Dan, you, said I, you and I used to talk about this when we were doing One American News, that it was always the Russians that were funding these anti-fracking groups yeah. for years. And if you turned on, so okay, they banned RT, right? So RT America isn't there. I think they're still up on YouTube for yeah, now. You can go to RT.com. Um, and uh, it was down for a little bit today. Well, actually. no, they're, they're, so let's 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 do but, this. But what was interesting, and, and you know, not to get into the censorship angle, but you could see what Russia's strategic interests were based on the story selection there, and a huge chunk of their programming was devoted towards green groups, was devoted to anti-fracking, was devoted to this because so All then you could watch that and you could say, oh. Well, that's something that Russia wants to push. I wonder why that is. And then I talked to a guy who understands energy. But you'd sound like a like, lunatic if you said that f- well, just a couple of years ago. People right. were like, oh, take your tinfoil hat. Like, oh, he wants to watch RT to find no, out no. what the Russians want. Let like, me, no, let, doesn't that make sense? Let me pull doesn't the story. Follow? Let, me, let me tell you about RT. We got the story from TimCast.com. Staff of RT America laid off as network announces it is halting production. In a memo to its employees, RT America cited unforeseen business interruption events. <laughs> Yeah, it could be war. But, but, but uh, let, me, let, me, let me tell you something. It's just a war in quotes. Let me tell you about uh, uh, Russia Today and Sputnik. I was at the RT and Sputnik offices oh. in, 20, in 2016 during the election with Cassandra Fairbanks. And the people in that office, every single one save Cassandra, was a pro-Democrat, pro-Hillary activist or individual. They were crying when Donald Trump started winning and then when he won. People were crying. How many rubles were you paid to say that, Tim? Zero rubles. What? All of the rubles. We, no, all, we know. We know he promised from, from the, the dossier that the Ukrainians had nothing to do with no, that, no, no, no. that Russia wanted Trump to win. We know this. Well, you, you, you look at the content that RT has promoted, the people they've hired. 
they're anti-war, anti-establishment, and typically leftists. Mm. Like during Occupy Wall Street, people were like, oh yeah, RT. Like I knew a ton of people who during Occupy, Occupy would be like, you gotta watch RT. Because they were the ones telling the truth about Occupy Wall Street. Or, or another way to put it is promoting anti-establishment protests in the United States that could potentially destabilize. I thought RT and Al Jazeera were great sources during the Syrian con when they wanted to go and invade Syria. I was like, what's really going on? And people, it was like people like, uh, like Lee Camp, people like Lee Camp speaking out against the Syrian war on RT. I don't know if he was on his RT show at that point. If he had started redacted tonight at that point, or Look at he was this. still on his first show. Lee Camp. He's uh, anti-war. Uh, I've known him for a long time. I always uh, thought of him as more of a lefty guy. Redacted Tonight was a show on RT. says, Redacted Tonight has been canceled because the U.S. war machine can't handle the truth. If you want to follow my work, go to LeeCamp.com. But not only that, his show on Spotify. So let me see. He retweeted it a while ago. It's probably on mine. I don't know if uh, Twitter's going to let me pull it up because I'm going to let me log in. So here we go. His his podcast on Spotify has been taken down as well, which is insane because I don't think it had anything to do with uh, – oh, come on. Are you going to load or not? Twitter is so stupid. Let me see if I can pull it up again. I don't think it showed anything to do with uh, – there we go – with Russia Today. He says, a great deal of anti-war and leftist shows are currently being deleted by Spotify, including my personal podcast, Moment of Clarity. You can continue to get all of my stuff by signing up for my email list at leecamp.com and uh, radindymedia.com. My question is – if that's just Lee Camp's personal podcast, which he also has on YouTube, Moment of Clarity, he's got 18,000 subscribers. Why did he get banned from Spotify? This is irrational he, fear porn. It's the was, Russian fear. He was hired by RT? He's an American citizen. RT America. I mean, uh, yeah, technically RT, I guess, is paying, paying his bills, but and that doesn't look, mean they're telling him what to say. Look at this. Rachel Blevins, who does not work for RT anymore because RT doesn't exist, is labeled Russian state-affiliated media on Twitter. She's never going to be able to get rid of that. None of these people are. <laughs> Yo, I man. hope they do. I mean, oh, this is something I want to talk about Magic Nawaz with. How long this after is... you commit a crime or some sort of transgression do you have to bear the title of that? Just think about yeah. what this means moving forward, the hysteria. Well, when they are labeling people with as Russians, what happens if this war escalates? You think internment camps are the question? You would be wrong. No, of course not. Especially if, as you said, food's going to get a lot more expensive and the establishment isn't going to say that it has anything to do with their irresponsibility in printing trillions of dollars and debasing our currency. It's because of what the Russians are doing in Ukraine. Blame them. It's their fault. And your Russian next door neighbor, if you happen to have one, is just as culpable as anybody else or, or more culpable than, uh, than we are certainly. And so, no, it's, it's not out of the question. When food gets expensive and you have to decide who gets it, then the prisoners are not the ones. Look, and Dude, and, the, and, and they're going to scapegoat some. I'm let, not saying it's necessarily going to be the Russians, but they're going to scapegoat somebody for their started. irresponsibility. It's already started. Yeah. And it's, it's clearly already started. They're being scapegoated. They're being scapegoated for the inflation. They're, mm-hmm. and, and not just ever, like, if you're from Russia, if you're from Belarus, right? And I've, I've talked to Belarusians, right? I've heard from Russians about this. I heard they, you're sleeping with they, a Belarusian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's one way um, to put it. Uh, <laughs> they hate this. They hate this war, but you have yeah. to understand they are underneath their regimes, right? These are not democracies. You can't actually judge this the exact same way that you would somewhere else, right? Um, and I don't remember the United States getting completely canceled, every American canceled yeah. because of the Iraq war, the Iraq invasion, which was, by the way, yes, unilateral invasion. Obviously, that doesn't justify uh, the aggression that Putin's doing right now. But at the same time, you have to look at this and say, look, these people are subjects of their regimes. They're subjects of authoritarian leaders like Lukashenko, like Putin. Mm-hmm. They don't have any way mm-hmm. to effectively respond. Yeah, they can protest and then they all get arrested, just like up in, you know, Canada, um, you know, another bastion of democracy up there. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to turn around and yet blame 
blame all of the people who just want to live their lives, who literally just want to live yeah. their lives and don't want to be involved in this. I don't think that our invasion of Iraq and Libya, our, our current invade that we are doing right now, we're invading those countries today, right now. Uh, I don't think it justifies the invasion, but it, it definitely explains it. Well, it destroys our moral standing in the world. And so how can you turn around from a governmental perspective and say, well, we disagree with you doing that when you look at what the United States, by the way, yes, through NATO has done throughout the years, right? And so when you look at Libya, when you look at Afghanistan, when you look at Iraq, you just go around, you could literally walk place to place to place. It's nothing but death and destruction other than, you know, the protection of some parts of Europe, which has been... Why is someone yelling? Yeah, what's up, dude? <laughs> I watched... Uh, oh, this is this is the live stream. Okay, this is... Uh, oh, that's the live stream. Oh, okay. No, no, it cuts to the next video. Very yeah, it's the next confused. video. Yeah, Zapotitska. I watched a video on Uday Hussein last night, because uh -huh. Rogan, I heard him mention, he was talking to Majid Nawaz on his show about how horrible Saddam's kids were. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah. So Uday Hussein, it looks like he was just like daddy's little boy who Saddam beat the hell out of growing up and then mm. daddy was like you can have anything you want son anything every video you find of Uday he's tripping his balls off it's like he just takes psychedelics it's like he's in a dude and he just beat the let's, he would let's, just let's, abuse I mean the I human atrocities okay yeah this is a little off topic but right. America went in saying we gotta stop human atrocity and Uday was putting people in like bleeding machines he was a psychopath mm. so but still, the invasion is completely irrational. Let me, let me, let me pull this tweet from Kyle Griffin. Kyle Griffin, of course, what is he? Uh, uh, MSNBC producer yeah. says the National Association of Broadcasters has issued a statement calling on broadcasters to stop carrying Russian-sponsored programming that's affiliated with the Russian government or its agents. And what are the responses? What do you or think people are saying? What are its, who are its no, agents? No, they're saying... Fox is off the air. Does that oh. include Fox? Yeah. Ooh, no good for Fox. Right. So who? Right. So who gets labeled a Russian agent now? Because I remember in the Mueller investigation during all of Russiagate, everyone was labeled a Russian agent. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. That's so agent. this is my prediction. They're going to start calling all Russians bad, and then they're going to start calling all Republicans Russians. Well, they've Russian been bad. doing that right, for exactly. seven years. Yeah. I think national. <laughs> right, you're seeing the culmination of that now. Right. Exactly. I think National Association of Broadcasters, the CEO of that, is still Biden's best friend, Chris Dodd. I'm pretty. Sh I have to look at that. I think I thought Senator Dodd was the head of the NAB, which would be interesting. I mean, every every trade association has a former senator. Remember the Dodd sandwich. Remember the Dodd Kennedy the, sandwich. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That same yeah. Chris Dodd. It's that, that Chris Dodd. It, it's Good interesting. Um, the way, I mean, we've said this before. The left constantly projects, and so that's part of why they're always accusing everyone else of being racist. They are extremely obsessed with race and ethnic identity. That's why they say things like, even if a person isn't white, when they're doing something that favors the system or the patriarchy, they are acting as a white supremacist. They're acting in the stead of whiteness. And now with all of this going on, of course, it's all Russians, even ones who have absolutely nothing to do with the conflict, even though most of them living in the country had absolutely no ability to make any decision whether or not Ukraine was, was there's, going there's to be invaded. Uniforms. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're all being slapped with this label. And in the same way, uh, in the same way that you often see black political commentators who happen to be conservative labeled as white or white supremacists, I agree with, with, uh, Lydia that we're going to see people being labeled as Russian or Russian adjacent. Yeah, but you don't, you, uh, you, I, I, now, now, or at the very least that that's very And you possible. gotta look back at, at history to see what will happen now that we can consider to be a rhyme. History doesn't repeat mm -hmm. in rhymes. So, um, what could happen now? Well, freezing of bank accounts. Already seen it. Yep. Yep. Suspension of, uh, of, uh, accounts through, through other, uh, like, like Airbnb and things like that, mm -hmm. other services. Being totally removed from social media. They have put a label on Rachel Blevins 
this is creepy stuff. Maybe they'll change Russian, Russian. state affiliated media. She doesn't work there anymore. Twitter should remove it immediately. Lee Camp having his personal podcast deleted for simply having worked for RT in a separate capacity. It was completely deleted off, off Spotify. Spotify removed Jeez. it. Does he have cop backups? Oh, it's on YouTube as well. Okay. YouTube hasn't taken it down. But this is this is where it starts getting really creepy. Uh, creepy, where they're basically going to start labeling people as like lessers or mm-hmm. um, it's like uh, the others. They're going to say, "Are you an other?" Was that a Black Mirror episode? What was that movie or what was that TV show? Remember? Do you remember? I don't know if you guys remember that one where people are like, "Are you an other?" I think it was a movie. A, I think. Yeah, I it was a movie. Yeah. Where some guy is like. You know, here's on TV, a politician say something about, I don't want to repeat it because mm. YouTube would get I, mad. I know what you're talking, I think, um, I think I passed it in and out of the room as you guys were watching this. Yeah. It wasn't Black Mirror, but it was a similar anthology series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah what was it? Creep Show maybe or something? I don't know. I don't know. But it's like the TV, a politician says something about like, all others are bad. Yeah, it's like yeah. some new TV And show. literally says, yeah. very on the nose. Yeah. Channel, is it Channel, uh, Zero maybe? I don't know. I watch a bunch of these weird sci-fi things. And then he goes around and he's like, what was that the other day when they're talking about the others? And they're like, why do you care? Are you another? Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, no, I just saw that. And like, what is that about? And they were like, you're not defending others, are you? And he was like, no, no, I just don't understand. And then eventually, the more he started asking questions about why you're demonizing others, they said, you must be an other. And he sees like a woman running on the street screaming help. And they're just beating the crap out of her. And he's like, why are you doing that? And they're like, she's an other. And he's like, well, stop hitting her. And they're like, you must be an other too. Yep. That's where we're going. Mm-hmm. Russians. They're going to ban you. They're going to shut you down. They're going to put a label on you. Let me correct myself. Chris Dodd is Motion Picture Association. Ah. Oh. They're going to make, Sorry, make it clear. They Sorry, are, Senator Dodd. They are going to make you wear a tag on your social media profiles identifying you as Russian state affiliated media. And 30 years ago, Seinfeld did that skit with the AIDS ribbon. Who will oh, wear right. the ribbon? <laughs> right? right. Hey, I marched. I marched. Exactly. I don't matter. want to wear the ribbon. Have to wear who? The ribbon. Who does not want to that, wear the ribbon? That's where we are now. That's where we are now. That's oh, so where we were at the at the um the State of the Union, and it's and by the way, you know, I look at that stuff, and I saw there was like a, a photo op that they did with this like American Ukrainian flag thing. That I hate was put what up they did today. To the flag. I hate that. So you're defacing our flag. That by the way, that is a defacement. That's yeah. actually the you have changed the face of the flag. That's where the word defacement comes from. Uh, of the flag itself, um, in order to do that. So you're not actually going to do anything for the people of Ukraine. You, you sold them all this, all these weapons and you provoked Russia. You talked about them joining NATO. So you lied to them about that. You sold them as false promise. Now that Russia is pissed off, they're attacking you. Mm. Um, they've gone completely insane. So they're shelling cities at this point. They're using artillery on cities and Russia's not going to stop because this is what, how Russia fights. Um, and in the meanwhile, instead of, you know, actually helping the Ukrainian people that you promised, you're not going to do that, but you're going to hold photo ops and you're going to put on lapel pins and put up hashtags hold as up if that's sign. actually going to stop anyone or from the dying. The, the, the show is Electric Dreams. Thank you for Waffle Sensei nice. for us. Yeah, Electric Dreams. Awesome show, by the way. Yeah. That episode, seriously, I talked about it before. You guys should watch. It's the last episode. It's an anthology series. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, can like I ask the otherization of people? Yeah, that's yeah. really. Wow. Can I ask something here? Um, does does Twitter do this with people who are affiliated with state media, generally speaking, or are they only doing this to people affiliated with Russian state media? I think they Pretty do with sh- Chinese state yeah, media. Okay, yeah. but do they do it, it to the China? BBC? No, or the CBC? What about Indian state media? <laughs> that's a great point. There's a lot I of Indian state media. N- NPR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think what does NPR get like, like a microscopic four? Yeah, Al Jazeera, small percent. 
Al, all of Al Jazeera yeah. is owned by the Qatari government. Yep. yep. And so the Emir of Qatar, Al Jazeera, AJ Plus, all the rest. Well, of you know, it. you know, the amazing thing was about the demonization of Russia today, which always confused me, was that Al Jazeera Plus pushed the exact same opinions as RT for the most part. For the most part, yeah. And it was funded by by the Qatari government, yet it was never demonized, and I was confused by this. It was clear the issue was the nation of Russia and not. The propaganda mm. of, you know, of, it's not the messaging of what they're doing. It's the fact that Russia owns it. So if, if another channel is state owned and does the, literally the same thing, promoting the exact same things, who cares? Well, I just find it very interesting that the elite and the ruling class have absolutely no problem with information being imported into our country that's going to destabilize our unity as a country. It just bothers them on the basis of who's doing it. Mm. Yo, they're so, yeah, because they're the only ones who want to be able to do it. Exactly, exactly. It's useful to them. I want to see Joe Biden come out and say, President Zelensky, you have our support, but you must condemn the Azov Battalion. We will not tolerate neo-Nazism. I want to see him stand by his campaign message about white nationalism and white supremacy and offer up his support to Zelensky and Ukraine, but in, but condemn the neo-Nazis of the Azov Battalion. Yeah, Tim, didn't Will you know that the entire reason Joe Biden decided to run for president was Charlottesville? That's yeah. right. He's literally he been on the record that. saying that. That's the entire reason he decided to run for president. So why isn't he saying something about this? The yeah, Azov Battalion, weird. no joke, uh, Majid Nawaz on the show last night was really trying to hammer this one home. This is So what's happening is people from around the world are going to Ukraine to fight with the Azov, and then they're getting radicalized. And then when this is done, what he sees happening or what he fears is that they're going to go back home for newly radicalized and with all this military training now, and then spread this he Nazism said, around the world. It's it's the Mujahideen all over yep. again. It's it's going to be like the Syrian rebels to ISIS. You are going to have these people go there, be radicalized, fight for an ideology, and then maintain that. Or you're going to empower people of radical ideology with military training and capabilities. Mm-hmm. And we know where that goes. But I tell you this, man. History rhymes. The U.S. continually does this, and it's almost like they like doing it. It's good for whatever it is. Or I, sh- I shouldn't even say the U.S., the West. Halliburton. Yeah, the, the military-industrial complex for sure. Well, and we know how it works. Anyone who can be even tangentially associated with the right is uh, a person who we can blame the entirety of the conservative movement for every single thing that they do. So they're constantly conflating regular conservatives with the far right, with Nazis, etc. And so if there are these attacks, if Majid's prediction comes true, and I think it's a very interesting and compelling one, then what's going to happen is you will have neo-Nazis engaging in violence more often because they'll have acquired combat experience. And then what's going to happen is they're going to say, look at the rise in far right violence. Now we need to censor regular run of the mill conservatives because it was them who radicalized people by pushing them down these rabbit holes, which turned them into Nazis. It's also an excuse to ramp up federal military police mm-hmm. when you have internal strife like Nazism on yeah. the streets. Do, do, Absolutely. Do you all know about the Office of Censorship in the United States? The Office of Censorship was an emergency wartime agency set up in the U.S. from December 19th, 1941 to aid in the censorship of all communications coming into and out of the United States including its territories in the Philippines. The efforts of the Office of Censorship to balance the protection of sensitive war-related information with the constitutional freedoms of the press is considered largely successful. Largely successful. Oh, largely successful. Oh, it was amazing. Oh, Thank you, Wikipedia, for telling us about the successful Office of Censorship. It's just Loose lips perfect. sink ships. Totally perfect. <laughs> the fact is, look at that. Thanks, Ike, the censors. 
why would we not see the same thing in a World War III scenario? Or even, maybe we won't even call it World War III. Maybe we enter into full-scale war with just Russia alone mm. and, and NATO. Why would we not see this same effort? Of course, well, we, we saw this effort with, with COVID. Exactly. I was just about to say, didn't we have the Biden administration pressuring social media yes. companies to remove information that they but consider I'm, to be misinformation? But I'm yeah. saying escalated to the next degree. The FCC yeah, yeah. commissioner nominee uh, who, who who is up, I can't remember her name right now, uh, but they're trying to block it. This is exactly her position. We just well, saw, we just went through two years of understanding what it was that the amount of people, the, you know, the critical mass amount of people would go along with. And they ratcheted things up and they ratcheted things up in the name of crisis, in the name of yep. national emergency. And they just got, had a huge system wide test of everything that, could, that they could roll out without seeing any meaningful pushback whatsoever. Yep. And in Canada, they're about a year ahead of us. Mm. And you know what? I'll add this, Tim. Maybe this is a little bit of a black pill here, but I don't think we'd have another office of censorship because we don't need one. Yeah, we already have Google. Exactly. Yep. They just flip a switch. Mm. You're done. Or Alphabet, rather. It's even more terrifying. They have like 13 companies, which are like AI. We are the Alphabet. Alphabet is the name of the company. It's funny because we also have the alphabet agencies. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's not a coincidence. It. Mm. Yeah. Well, they're probably like, it's like, let's, we're kind of like one of those alphabet companies. And they're like, yeah, we are alphabet. We'll just call ourselves alphabet. There, uh, you know, at, at some point, I wonder if Google was, you know, doing all this really great work and they were like, don't be evil guys. And then some, you know, de- uh, some uh, bureaucratic administrative state walk guy walks in and says, "We're taking over." And the first thing we got to do is, guys, that 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 slogan, "Don't be evil." We're evil. Come on, <laughs> that's the new model. They were trying to get rid of a double negative. When you say "Don't be evil," you, people hear "evil, evil, evil," and then they just start thinking it and be. But when you write it and you read it, it interacts with your brain differently than when you hear it. No, Ian, they're just evil. It's just well, that might be true too. I mean, it's different people that own the company now. Like Larry and Sergey were pretty cool, but man, did that thing get out of hand? Aren't they still in Alphabet though? Partially. I just saw that, uh, Sergey sold a bunch of stock last July. I think maybe it was Larry. One of them sold like, I don't know how many millions of dollars worth of stock. They want to control what you think. They need to rally people behind. This is why they got so triggered when I said I despise appeals to emotion Mm. because I'm directly calling out what is very obvious propaganda crying translators yep no 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 hold on there a minute man the job of a translator is to translate why would you hire someone or keep someone on the job if they're crying you'd be like like i said before you'd be like oh no he's crying let's get him into the break room and have some coffee and take a breath and get someone else in there who can do their job you know and because it's manipulation to follow up with what you said seamus like we don't really need an office of censorship Mm -hmm. they closed the office of censorship in 1945 when the war ended but basically then they started the liberal economic order within like eight months and i think Mm -hmm. they just winded in all that censorship ability into this new spy network of five eyes or you know the global military industrial well i mean it's interesting because for a long time, you had, what was it, the, the three and then the five major networks that everyone got all of their information from. And that was wonderful for them because it was very easy to control what people were seeing and hearing. And then the Internet popped up, and now it seemed as if there was a threat. People could get their information from everywhere. But uh, fortunately for them and unfortunately for the, us, a lot of that power has been consolidated. And we're not quite back in the same position, but in some ways we're getting there. I'm I'm optimistic on some level that we won't quite be able to get back to that. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if people are too scared to speak the truth and most seem to be. Yeah, self-censorship is yeah. as effective as, as you know, forceful censorship in a way. Yeah, well, Even it's more. interesting. There have been studies which have suggested that people are 
better capable or would prefer to endure physical pain over social rejection. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's psychological suffering. Well, well I know psychological Stasi. suffering in general. And so if, if people, if people feel as if they are being rejected by the group, or they fear being rejected by the group for stating something, they're, they're going to be very likely to keep quiet in the same way that they'd be likely to keep quiet if they thought someone would physically aggress upon them for speaking out. So this is what the Stasi got into towards the, you know, everybody, you watch the lives of others. Um, one of the greatest movies on, on communist surveillance systems and the programs that they had people informing each other in East Germany. So that was the 1960s. By the 1970s, 1980s, the Stasi wasn't running these massive surveillance programs anymore, and they weren't running these massive incarceration programs the way they're depicted in that film. What they ended up doing was they realized that if you were a dissident, if you were someone who was a troublemaker, they had a problem with you, uh, it's exactly what shame was just laying out. First thing they would do is start to ostracize you. And then they would start to shame you. They would smear you in the media. They would drag your name through the mud. They would essentially blacklist yep. you and they would make it so that the social sh- shame upon everyone else of even associating with you would be enough to destroy you. And it was actually much cheaper and far more effective than throwing you in prison and making a potential martyr of you. How I, 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 I wonder about this. Like, how is a show like this possible mm. in, in these, you know, we're literally saying that. You Partly because I mean? it's a yeah. group of us. Wing in a prayer. Haven't you, yeah. haven't you had the SWAT team come like five times? Yeah, now? I mean, Tim. I mean, six. There, I mean, so six it, how is it possible? It is possible for now. In, but in look, look at months. the forces. Look at the forces trying to shut it down. I still feel like we're in the prelude. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with enough people, a big group, a large enough group of people communicating these ideas makes it hard to stop the idea. If it's one person alone in their room on a webcam, then, you know, you get swatted. You know, and that's why why when I see censorship, you know, I do speak out against it, even if it's someone I don't particularly agree with or don't particularly like or support, you know, the idea that one person or one entity just has this ability to to blanket wipe out all communications, right? That's actually a much bigger issue than some idiot on a podcast that I don't listen to. Yeah, the vulnerability of our system isn't talked about enough. From comet strikes to floods to earthquakes to volcanic super eruptions to just a just a power outage from a solar flare or like a or like uh well you're seeing these sto- for example you're seeing these stories that so Google and Apple Pay have, are shut down in Russia and so suddenly because they went cashless now people are saying wait how do I get on the subway how do I pay Jeez. for things in stores how do I do this yeah. and yeah. so we've outsourced all you know if you're signed up for all these things now you're outsourcing your very ability to function in society 
to Silicon Valley. So that gives them that. I mean, this is you're talking about sovereign power that we, you're we giving can artificial never go cashless. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. We can never go cashless. We can never go. Ca- I mean, that has no. to be within our, our DNA as, as like a fight to the death. Mm-hmm. We can never I'll be a cashless society. Agree. So you think we need a federal, some sort of federal power that uh, de- deigns that currency valuable? Uh, I think you need a physical, even not necessarily cash, but I think we have to have a system that you can have a physical commodity that I can hide under my bed. Because mm-hmm. if, if Jack doesn't like me and he's able to call the guys who are on Apple Pay and say, shut down his account, if I can't go to the grocery store, if I can't buy things, if my credit, quote unquote, is stuck in my phone, and my phone is useless because Jack doesn't like me. Then, then I am I am I am a powerless. I have no agency mm-hmm. left. Yeah. You're I lucky. Wanna, I like you. You're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I want to add a, a caveat to something I said earlier. I wanted to pull up information about what I referenced. Um, what what I was referencing. It's not a study about social rejection versus physical pain. There's there's two articles I'm looking at here. But basically, the idea is that um, they have shown that we process social pain in the same part of the brain that we process. Physical, physical pain with. Wow. And um, there's also a, a very interesting perspective from uh, psychology and psychologists. I, I'm not sure if it's the consensus or not, but basically that emotional pain is in many ways worse than physical pain because it can be triggered by memories in a way that physical pain cannot. So for example, I can remember something from the past that hurt me or was difficult for me. And uh, the emotional trauma of that can sort of return. Whereas if I remember a physical injury, I'm not going to literally feel that physical pain in quite the same way. Wow. Yeah. yeah emotional pain can make you like adopt a posture which can then bring on a certain sort of tension leading mm-hmm. to injury unless you dream it have you ever dreamed had a dream where you have physical pain and you wake up and like something hurts I oh yeah something all the time interesting, interesting. yeah all the time if you're ever um, dreaming you want to get out close your eyes really tight till they hurt and then when you open them you'll be awake hmm. the pain getting some up. so I, I found an account that has some backstory on how this nuclear power plant situation uh, started so apparently they're saying that and again caveat 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 right fog of war fog of war grand assault blah 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 that they're saying that the russians rolled up and demanded that the power plant surrender and that the defenders of the plant surrender um they said we have overwhelming force you should surrender you should stand down so that we can take over this plant and do so peacefully the defenders refused and that's when the firefight started wow so those were russian soldiers on the ground you so it was, russian, it was russian soldiers on the ground and it looked like they were defenders and if you look at that clip um, that a few people have have pulled out of that live stream you it looks like you can actually see tracer fire rounds being fired from the roof at the Russian artillery. Okay. And then, so the, was there incoming artillery? Well, the artillery's on the ground. Right next to the, to the power plant? Yes. Oh, are they firing that artillery at the power plant across the street? Well, at the defenders. Wow, that close range. Yes. Wow. That's insane. Yeah, that's what you're seeing in, in the video. Okay. I yeah. thought stuff was coming from out. And then I thought I saw missiles flying outward from there, but that wasn't what I was No, thinking. those are just shells. Okay. Yeah, no. So we actually just watched a battle take place in real time. Yes, we did. That's kind of amazing. Yes, we actually did. I remember there was a couple modern um, feats of social media. The first was when the Al-Qassam brigades in Palestine were firing rockets into Israel. And the IDF and the Al-Qassam brigades were tweeting at each other in a flame war during a hot war. Literal flame war. And a lot of people actually (laughs) laughing because it was like... You know, Al Qasam was like, "We will wipe you out," and the IDF was like, "Try it, we'll stop you." And I'm like, "They're tweeting at each other." But on? then there was um, in the Middle East, we got a uh, uh, video, a GoPro attached to a uh, to a tank to um, uh, uh, to a, to a tank, and uh, the soldiers who were shooting back at it or being fired upon were also they also had GoPros, and so the footage made it to the internet where researchers were able to find both perspectives and put it in a single video where you could see 
both sides of a conflict online. Wow. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Could you wow. hear both the voices of the people from either side? You couldn't hear anything from the tank because the camera's outside and the people are inside. But you could hear the people on their. You well, know, have you seen place. the the Chechens and the Azov leaders are now sending are cutting videos about each other about talking about essentially how they're gearing up for this massive fight in Mariupol. Wow! And so that, those are kind of your considered your most brutal fighters on either side. I mean, and for Azov, I mean, you can find very quickly uh, videos of Azov committing beheadings, committing crucifixions of ethnic Russians, uh, Chechens. I think goes without saying, um, extremely, extremely brutal. Or if you know anything about the Battle of Grozny or the Chechen Wars. And so uh, the, the leaders of Kartarov, who is the leader of the Chechens, is now coming in. So he's pro-Putin, fighting for the Russians, going in specifically targeting that Azov battalion. And the last me- some of the messages I was getting uh, from a contact that I have that's uh, active duty right now was that they were, you know, possibly trying to get Azov to at least surrender. And they were saying, Hey, if you, le- we just want the city. We don't need, we don't need to kill all of you. Just leave and we'll let you go out to the West. Well, you can go to Lviv. We won't even, you know, we will let you surrender and just, just evacuate. And of course, Azov is saying no. We saw video Azov, a uh, member of the battalion dipping bullets in pig's lard. Right. Yeah. And then saying we're going to get the, cause a lot of Chechens right. are Muslim. And, uh, it, that's also very concerning because it well, brings Habib, Habib. religion into it, which from UFC, the mm. Habib, the, Oh, yeah. Greatest, yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's like he's a Chechen. governor, isn't he? A, a mayor or something? No, I'm thinking of a. There's no, you're a, thinking of the two brothers, right? Yeah, there's an MMA Ukrainian. fighter that's like a, a a mayor of a city in Russia right now. Russia? Are you, Klitschko? Are, Klitschko? That's 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 Ukraine. Isn't that's it? Ukraine. Oh, Ukraine. Ukraine. No, that's Ukrainian no, brothers. that's yeah, that's and they're boxers. They're, that's yeah. completely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got it. A third right. Thanks. <laughs> no, no. You, fighters you, of some sort. They're somewhere. So I remember there. him being a. You should write speeches for Joe Biden. Call me, Joe. These are the facts. Jamie, look the brave up. Uranian people. Yeah. That was hilarious. Iranian people. The Iranian people. Iranian still ringing them. By the way, I noticed you guys mentioned and called it a uh, uh, State of the Union. I can't in good faith. It's a campaign, campaign speech. speech. Yeah. Uh, at the Thank end, he did you. say the State of the Union True. was strong. Yeah. And it's strong because the people are strong. Strong. Technically, you could argue it was a State of the Union because at you the notice, very end. Nobody's actually, nobody's even questioning why Putin is doing this now. Have you noticed that? Yeah. That, yeah everyone yeah, kind yeah. of gets yeah. it. It's so that, so that narrative isn't even, the narrative is, okay, you, you can ask why is he doing this, right? And I think there's a lot of clearly huge debate on that. And he's mm. not been very clear about it in, in some ways. You know, he has the stated purposes, but we think there's probably some more than that. But nobody's asking why now. Everybody kind of gets that. Yeah, this this is the time. Well, he actually. So what happened was Biden pulled him aside and really intimidated him uh, and made it very clear that there would re- be repercussions if he tried to. Uh, take the hearts and minds of the Iranian people. And so yeah. Putin said, all right, I won't. Did he whisper but, uh, in his ear? Yeah, yeah he whispered. <laughs> Don't do it. I, I, uh, I, I want to mention this too, uh, Ian, um, your point about it being more of like a, a campaign speech. I completely agree, which is why we, we just released a cartoon about this today Ooh. for, for freedom tunes. If you guys want to check that out, just want to plug that because that's, um, very much along those lines. When he said he was going to help cure, what did he say? He was going to cure He's cancer? Gonna, gonna he cure, said yeah. we're going to end cancer as we know it. Thank what God, are you finally. talking about? No, 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 no. As we know it. Yeah, yeah. what is that? We're going to change definitions. He's going to do gain of function research. Retconning cancer. He's just going to change the definition of the word. He's like, so I fulfilled my promise, called up Miriam Webster and said, you know, Put another word in there, and not different as we know it. It's a different word, no, different man. word. Yeah. You're gonna get a cure canker, man. He was talking about astrology cancer. Yeah. Yeah. He was talking about these people. Oh man, I just can't stand the cancer. Right. I think so, I, when I think people who hate Trump and there's there's people who dislike him. I think when they would hear Trump tell a story. I can imagine what their reaction was. Like, this guy, he's so full of himself. He's such an idiot, blah, blah, blah. When Biden told that story, I looked at Putin and I said, 
I don't think you have a soul. And he looked at me and said, we understand each other. Did anyone believe that <laughs> no, that actually happened? That never happened. Right, anyone, so, so Trump like, tells on, a story man. and they're over the top and they're silly. Biden tells a story and even his supporters are like, yeah, dude, that didn't that happen. Putin That's was a bad dude. <laughs> Putin was asked about I said, that. I said, hey, <laughs> Esther. I said, hey, Putin, get off the diving board. Or I'll come and drag you off. In an NBC interview with Putin, they asked him about that and he was like, I, I don't, I don't remember. It was a diplomacy thing. So yeah. if he insulted me like that, I don't know why he did that. <laughs> That's just like a weird thing to Joe say. Joe Biden's like, Vladimir Putin was banging the razor blade on the curb. Get, get it, it rusty. rusty. Put yeah. it in a barrel. Banging <laughs> his nuclear <laughs> weapon on the curb. Get it rusty. Put, Put it in a barrel. I, well, also like called him Esther Williams or something. <laughs> yeah, no, right? I said, you get, get off from drag you up. Yeah. I just, I, I find it hilarious that with Trump, Trump is like, if you touch the Ukraine, I will nuke Moscow. Like a very real yeah. concrete threat. And Biden's like, oh, you don't have a soul, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it's like, okay, what was this? Uh, what does this mean? I have, was well, it, Biden what, so thinks I it, have no soul. Uh, let's, uh, let's take Ukraine now. Okay? Putin's like, oh, Putin. no, Joe Biden will not yeah. like me if no, I no, do no. this. Putin's <laughs> like, I've never had a soul. I'm no, glad no, no. you recognize that. Putin, Putin, see, like Biden says that you ain't got a soul, man. Then he walks away and Putin, confused, looks over to like Sergey Lavrov and says, he says, I have no soul. And he goes, yes. Let's take Ukraine. Okay. No, exactly. Do you, but do you, do you think, like, what an unbelievably insane thing for him to ever, even if he did say that. Yeah. Do you think that, um, do you think that somebody on the international stage wants their enemy to think they have a soul? Do you want to be seen yeah. as a bleeding heart type? Mm. No. no. I mean, well, Biden does. No, yeah, exactly. It's just so ridiculous. As if we be like, oh, this is so bad for public relations. People will think I am not nice guy. Yeah, this, you would, don't... this would make a, a good, like, which actually would comic. be the down, downfall of Putin inside if, Russia. If this, people this, didn't think he was a nice guy. This would make like, yes, a good four panel. thought he was a nice guy. A good yeah, four no, panel comic would be like, Trump saying, I'll nuke Moscow, and Putin looking to Lavrov and being like, let's hold back for a minute. <laughs> then Biden saying, you have no soul, and he'll be like, okay, we're good. No, it's yeah. only like Trump gives a direct threat of violence, and Biden's like, you're mean, man. <laughs> Don't attack me in my vulnerable spots, which are here, here, and here. <laughs> exactly. He's like, hey, man, it'd be really mean if you did, did this. Biden actually did that. Yeah, he totally He's did. like, you ain't got a soul, man, so I'm going to show you a list of all the places you better not attack. <laughs> here you go. Uh, just that one's most important. I trust but. you. Oh That's crazy, man. No, it's it's a fundamental risk misreading of this, you know, and you can dig into some of the philosophical aspects of this where, you know, when you look at the United States in in many ways, at least in terms of how our regime is positioned, you know, we are it's it's Athens and Sparta, right? So we are the sea power, you know, we want commerce, we want trade, we want these sort of globalized rules, we want to be able to do business with the rest of the world, whereas Russia predominantly is a land power. They are a land-based power. We were just talking earlier about how they have so many issues for them to be able to uh, get to see. So they have that that mindset of strength over everything, um, power over everything, might makes right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does have a deeper sense of cultural traditionalism whereas in the u.s it is this more you know sort of progress you know small p progressivism of this enlightened oh we can always be better we Mm -hmm. can rise above right these are two very these are two ideas that are in not only philosophical contention but spiritual contention as Mm -hmm. well 
And I think if we fail to understand that, we are completely misreading the situation. Not only, and Bill Roggio had a great article about how we completely misread Russia's strategy in the war. I think that's obvious at this point, right? Russia isn't losing just because they didn't take Kiev in the first 24 hours. But I think we completely misread the way Russian leaders are even just even the way that they think. So if you can't understand how or appreciate how your adversary thinks, how can you ever attempt to get ahead of their decision cycle, get inside their OODA loops, or even predict their future moves? It's so true. Lauren Southern made a great point about this yesterday when referring to China or two days ago. We have no idea how the Chinese think, but they know exactly how we think because they go to the UN and say the United States of America is racist and they don't care about black lives. I would advise. We know China doesn't care about minorities. China, uh, in order to sell the the new Star Wars film in China, they had to reduce the size of a black actor on the poster. They don't care. Yeah, I I get messages from time to time from Chinese citizens that are like, uh, "CCP is not China." And so, if you really want to understand Chinese. Read the Romance of the Three Kingdoms, or watch the movie and then read the book. Yeah, but I think I think I know what you're saying, and I agree with you a hundred percent. But I would go even a little further. In the, in right now in America, it is not just like we have a small p progressivism. It was not long ago that the American flag on a Nike sneaker caused uproars. Yeah, right. So not only do we not have we have a progressivism, we are intentionally led by this administration quite frankly or the progressive left we are intentionally destroying the pillars of our foundation yeah and the smallest things and we've talked a lot about this on the show the smallest things that unify us like the, like the national anthem well you should be able to protest that and this little moment well that should be up for debate and the, the, the george washington maybe we should change the name of the school so i think if you're putin and and this is not you know shilling for him at all don't get me wrong but if you are him and his administration and and russian power and you look at the west and say they don't even respect their george washington right why why, why are we afraid of these people right like mm-hmm. we changed the name of, of of abraham lincoln school in california do you think but do you think maybe so, it's possible that Xi Jinping feels threatened by how introspective we are no doubt and how well, diverse no. our army is yeah that was yeah. it wait, wait till he sees our diversity <laughs> wait, is, exactly yeah. oh when, well we got a question this, about that next all week. of our Quiet. soldiers are doing tiktok videos where they're <laughs> that's all why russia pronouns. invaded russia yes. saw yes. the threat of the west diversity trainings and he was sweating bullets and he was like, we have to invade Must now before it's too now. late. Yeah. 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 Once they all, once they all learn about diversity, inclusivity and equity, we're done. Now yeah. what you're seeing is, so we've, we've become quite decadent in, in this sort of 30 years since the fall of the Soviet Union, this idea of Fukuyama's, you know, end of history and everyone's going to adopt. So instead of thinking that our values were Western or that they were derived from the Bible, um, that they're, you know, Greco-Roman legal practice, European law, et cetera, principles, enlightenment, what you, all of that. No, no, no. We decided that these were universal principles and that we could go on these nation building projects around the world and that we could impose our way of thinking on everyone because our way of thinking was natural. And we don't even need all this history, as you're describing, mm. to back it up that we've, you know, that we've advanced from or that we've developed from. No, 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 no. These are just the universe of values. And our job now is to proselytize the world and evangelicize them to our way of thinking. So the first place, of course, that we're going to try that is Afghanistan, mm. right? Because you know we're going to turn you know Kandahar into California, and we never once sat back and thought, you know, maybe the rest of the world doesn't want those things, or maybe they don't yeah. think that way. And so that's why you're seeing now, instead of actually focusing on the things that would make our country strong, like energy, strong currency, we do need a strong U.S. dollar, by the way. If the U.S. dollar falls off its perch, that's really going to be bad for a 
lot of Americans because I think that a lot yeah. of the people out there that are living paycheck to paycheck that don't have a lot of savings, you know, you always see those studies out there and I'm sure it's much worse now about how many people have less than, you know, $5,000, $2,000 in their checking accounts. Um, what happens to them when that checking account becomes u- completely worthless mm. overnight because the U.S. dollar loses its world reserve status? They'll print like so, another eight trillion and try and just give printing. everyone four grand to get them right. float so for two more months. So you're seeing you're seeing now a complete reworking of the world order, and that's why even as horrific as these scenes are that are coming out of Ukraine. Um, the long-term implications of this might actually be worse. Yeah. Because unipolarity is gone. The international rules-based order is gone. Multipolarity is returning. That's going to be a huge problem for us because remember, even, you know, we talk about the SWIFT system. Okay, let's, you know, pull the nuclear plan and, and kick Russia off the SWIFT system. Well, the SWIFT system only works because it's backed by the U.S. dollar. If Russia is already planning to get off the dollar, then they don't need it. Yeah. yeah. Well, isn't it interesting? Oh, no, no. Please. No, no, no. Well, it, it's interesting how we like to play philanthropist and act like we are exporting Western values around the world and helping people live better lives because we care about the, the downtrodden one. In many circumstances, it's either militaristic intervention or economic bullying to force our way of life onto other people, even in countries where they're not ready for it. Or ready for it is the wrong term because some of the things that we try to import into these countries aren't things people should ever be ready for. Uh, I find it Fascinating, and I don't think it's a coincidence that the intellectual founders of neoconservatism were former Marxists. And look at the neoconservative mission. Look at what we tried to do in Afghanistan. Oh, we're going to completely and fundamentally restructure a culture at the barrel of a gun. And this country, this entire nation, with a history that we don't even care to understand, is going to bow before the order we have determined is the culmination of history, which is how they conceptualize democracy now instead of Marxism as neoconservatives, because we ordered them to at the barrel of a gun and were able to restructure their thinking. It's crazy, dude. I watched... I don't even want to get, I, I was looking at a picture of the bath party. So didn't work by the way, bath party. Continue, and, yeah. and you just see these young frat boys. I, I, it's too long of a conversation to go yeah. into now. I check it out though. Saddam Hussein bath party image. And you see Saddam as a young rambunctious youth. That guy was a nut. Well, the thing that I find bizarre about this whole conversation uh, from the 30,000 foot level, especially are we invading? Do we not invade? What is the role of NATO, et cetera, et cetera. It was not very long ago that like a million and a half Hutus and Tutsis in Rwanda slaughtered each other with a machete. And the West just sat there and watched it and said, wow, that's bad. I mean, like literally over a million five hundred thousand and the majority of them were hacked to death. And we just sat there and were like, with Chinese machetes. That's, that's bad. But there was, so I don't understand, should, should we intervene when there is evil happening as a philosophy? I understand that position. But but we're ready to jump into the Ukraine, but no one wanted to go to Rwanda. So what's the difference? We're, we're going to go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, smash that like button. Nuke the like button. Subscribe to the channel. Share the show if you really like it. And head over to TimCast.com. Become a member because we're going to have a members-only segment up around 11 or so p.m. where we go into more details on conflict, crisis, and other stories. So you, this is where we're going to be a bit more crass. And uh, uh, it's the uncensored show. But let's read some of these super chats. We have this from Scarlett Jonancy. Uh, Scarlett, uh, wait, what am I sm- no, Scarlett Jonancy. Okay, Tim, what advice do you have for me? I want to go undercover and report on the ground. I know it's dangerous. What should I bring with me? I have no advice for you other than don't go. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't. Um, you, in order to to enter conflict zones of this degree, you need a lot more experience. So, um, have you seen the Reddit threads? By the way. 
of people like I'm going. There, there's a whole red subreddit of, of I think it's Ukraine volunteers or something. Mm-hmm. People, one guy was like. And I'm sure there's trolls in there, of course, yeah. but one guy was like, Hey, are you allowed to bring weed into Ukraine? Cause I have this bong that I got, but I don't want to break it. It's and got I mean, residue these, in it. These stories. Yeah. Maybe of, those people should go. What about Frank okay, Lutz? Ba- ba- basically like groups. this. If, if you have to ask a question on the internet, to somebody else about whether or not I should go, don't go. <laughs> or yeah. join the military. If don't you're go. questioning you should, joining the mil- I don't know, from your advice, if someone's questioning go, joining go the military. Go help refugees. If you want to go and do something good yeah, right go now Poland. and you don't have that training, go to Poland right now, help out with the refugees, uh, send money to the charities that are, then the NGOs that are trying to be there. There's a lot of people that or, need help. Or right join now. Frank Lunz's focus groups. Let yes, me just point th- out, um, you know, Scarlett Joe says go undercover. The, uh, uh, that sounds like a death plan. Please don't try to go undercover. Yeah, because... No, just do not do that. Yeah, undercover is... If if you are not easily identifiable... You look like an enemy combatant. Yeah. Or you're or a, a risk, spy. period. A spy or a risk, especially someone not from Ukraine. Yeah. If you're walking around, the, they, they need only do one thing. A guy in a military suit will shout out a sentence in Russian or Ukrainian, and when you go, uh, spy, that's it right there. So I had this happen when I was in Ukraine. Oh, I love this too. The young Turks were like smack talking me because they just love talking about me. You and live rent free up there, buddy. I, I, I mean, do. with real estate prices right now, you can't beat that. I appreciate that. the PR they give me, but <laughs> I love the commenters. What do you mean they're PR? Like, Their channel's so much. I mean, how many views do they get? Thousand views, trillions. Views. Okay, that's so they're doing. Hey, put they're my doing name in people's minds. Yeah. And people were uh, commenting like, "I'd love to see what Tim would do if he was in Ukraine." I was like, "I was there when this was starting in 2014 when they were ousting Yanukovych." Were you there? As it happened? I was not there as they ousted Yanukovych. I had left just before that. Wow. But I was there as they were building the barricades and the, the Soviet, there's a Soviet general who came in and like, he was in a tent. It was cool to talk to the guy. I didn't speak uh, Ukrainian or Russian, but we had a translator. And simply walking in, I got surrounded by a bunch of Ukrainians yelling at me and my, and my, the guys working with me. And I was just like, American journalist. And then someone came and intervened and started speaking to them in Ukrainian, and then they made the way and let us in. Oh they yes. liked I mean, journalists. Like, what is under Beanie? Yeah. Show no, us no, no, what no. is under Beanie. Uh-huh. Under, understand this. The the Maidan protest, they called it Euro Maidan. They were very pro West. So when they heard American journalists was there, they were like, "This is yeah. what we need to get support from the West. Yeah. We need Americans here." Propaganda. And so they were like, "Oh, oh, oh! This is exciting." But it was ridiculously dangerous. There was sniper fire. People were getting shot. Not that I was not there for that. I had I had left. I had come back, and I was fortunately not there when it got really bad with the Molotovs. But I, I got to I got to go and, and witness the, uh, the the collapsed Lenin statue. People had like taken fragments of the statue. They took his head and his wow. hand. Wow! People, I, I got to go into a Ukrainian government building that had been totally seized and occupied and ransacked. Someone like, that was the, that was by the way the, the, several the, of them. The actually. only the only coup that was worse than that, of course, was January six. Yes, but but I want to stress, okay, in history, the coup were like. I want to stress this point. Yes, that one. By the time I had left and had had devolved into like full scale urban conflict, I was not there. Why? I am not going to. uh, I I am not a war reporter. I do civil and urban conflict, which means up until that point, I was like, that's my limit. I've been on the ground in numerous countries. I rode in the back of this truck in Thailand. During the yellow shirt, you know, red shirt, the monarchist and, and parliamentarian protests. And there were blood stains on the ground because someone in a motorcycle drove by and threw a grenade into it. We got in it after they scrubbed it clean. And then we rode down the street wearing body armor and helmets like 
These are the vehicles that get attacked. That was the extent to my mm. capabilities in a conflict zone. When it comes to what's happening now in Ukraine, I don't have the experience, the skill, nor the courage to be in a firefight. Which, and by the way, if, if you're thinking, I mean, I shouldn't even say this, but if you're thinking I'm going to go by myself, right? Right. You're already wrong. Yeah. Just Ann Hall, you're already wrong. Right. You are not going to be going. You're, and not only that, by the way, you're not going to be a help to yourself or others. You're going to be a detriment to others. You're going to be a detriment to people you're trying to help. You're going to be a hindrance and you are going to get probably yourself killed and a lot of other people killed if they're trying to save you. No, know your limits, man. Their mm. limits. So, you Humility. know, so look, my, 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 and by the way, I, and I'm just going to say this. I'm, I'm that telling people to go and throw Molotov cocktails and run up. Yeah. In civilian clothes against a professional military with with a mechanized armored vehicles with 14 millimeter, 30 millimeter cannons. Right. We've you've seen the videos. Right. Yeah, I'm sure we've crazy, all seen yeah. the videos now where the the entire tree people tried to hide behind trees because yeah. they thought this was like a Marvel movie or something and that the trees would protect you from cannon fire. No. It's not going to work. Everyone was killed, right? Just understand where you are. There's are a reason why depleted uranium rounds. Do you know? That, I don't know about that, but there's, there's, there's a reason walls. why I stayed only in Ukraine for so long before leaving. There's a reason why I can I can do uh, what people, some people would criticize as parachute journalism to an extent. When it came to the high like high level warfare, the journalists that go in after me speak five languages. Yeah. They're fluent in Russian. They're fluent in Polish. They're fluent in Ukrainian and several other you know romance languages as well so they go on the ground and they can communicate with anyone who approaches them and they probably and have a network them alive they probably already have a network yep. established right i mean they they had plans for this and they have safe houses these are these are people yeah. so the, the journalists that you know eventually they go in that i remain in communication with as i leave these are people who have already lived in the region mm. they've lived there for two or three years or they're from there that the, the, like when you see a reporter on the ground there are corporate I don't like these these kinds of journalists that have like big security crews. Right. They go into secured zones and then just talk to the camera. It's fine. Okay, that's not what I'm referring to. But actual war correspondence. When when I went to Thailand, I was sent with a guy who lived in Thailand for five years and who spoke Thai. Mm. They were like, it's you know we're in this 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 lull period where we can have you go in and produce an English speaking like experience of what's going on. If it gets too hot, you come back out. We keep our crews on the ground who are war correspondents trained with, with, with high power rifles, with body armor, military tactics. A lot of the journalists that go on the ground in these situations are former military as well. People need to understand that it's not these, these people on Reddit who are like, we're going. It's like that. It, it's, I don't you know. Man. After Vietnam, mm. uh, has there been any legit war correspondence from the United States press corps? Like, you put the body cameras on troops, and you want to show the reality of what they're going through. I mean, you had, pe- like, you had people Egypt in, in, in that movie. Uh, the Iraq War, in Syria, in I rem- Afghanistan. The first, you, you certainly had I people. remember they were just riding on My, tanks Michael Hastings. Desert. Michael Hastings. Let's read some more Super Chats, though. We've got uh, MJ says, I work in nuclear. As long as they don't hit the reactor uh, building, coolant supply pumps, or the off-site power lines, they will be able to stabilize the reactors with no risk of meltdown. Well, there you go. We got... Let's see, is this Dan Brockman says, Tim, the Kalashnikov ammo in that pig lard video is far more likely, uh, it's far more likely it's five, uh, 5.45 by 39, not 762 by 39. Study the AK 74, you silly man. Love y'all. Oh, I stand corrected. 
Did you see, you, you see the video? Yeah. Did, did you do you see what kind of ammo they I were loading? You in? spread that fake I gotta, news. I got to be honest. I didn't. I was, didn't look. All I saw was what it looked like, and I assumed it was seven six two. Misinformation. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that, I that is be the predominant round that you're going to see in this in this seven six two thirty seven six two with the AKs. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's what I thought. I thought yeah. they were using AKs, but some he said AK seventy four, so that uses the smaller round. Uh, uh, some variants of it do. Yeah, man. So it's funny when I show people bullets. I love showing people bullets. Because you ask them which one's the weapon of war, and yeah. I'll show like I'll show a polymer tip 450 Bushmaster, which is huge, and then I'll show like a nine millimeter Luger or something, and then they're just like, oh, and they point to the big one every time. But sometimes some people are like, you're tricking me. It must be the mm-hmm. small one, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, you know why? You can carry more of them. Right. Like hunters go out with like three, you know, three rounds of 450. What if the deer is wearing Kevlar? <laughs> I <can't>. He <laughs> said it again. <laughs> Oh, man. Wait, who said that? Biden. Biden. Oh, good Biden for him. That's brilliant. Yeah. Well, yes. then I'll call Jim Eagle, and uh, we'll go to the Field of Dreams and get $130 from Pat. But don't forget uh, Binger. Explo- explosive tip. Yeah. Holla points for hunting. Binger. All right. Let's grab uh, Super Chat here. My my contacts are getting all dry. It's getting me hard 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 for me to read. Come on, man. Clayton Johnston says, as someone who has worked a few outage, out, uh, outages at nuke plants, the transmission substation would be a main and, and likely the primary target in a power plant unless they are attempting to cause a meltdown. Bad idea to fight there. Unless they want to. Mm. <clears throat> GBP says, if the narrative that Putin wants the USSR back is true, it wouldn't make sense for him to attack the most valuable and volatile infrastructure, ruin the land, and then cause yourself further problems. That's true, too, and that's why... Um, if you could win a war without firing a shot, propaganda and influence, you would. Mm-hmm. So, I'll, I'll, you know, you know, my view on this is the West and Russia are already at war. Mm-hmm. They're just the West is playing a, a, a propaganda influence war and Russia's in a third generational hot conflict. So Russia clearly was losing. They knew it. Mm-hmm. They said time for bolts. The West is like, we're, we're not going to go and fight. But they use every manipulative cyber tactic in the book to try and win. And what what happens? The children of Russian politicians and oligarchs are begging for the war to end. When you also see that, that the that's, U.S. That's victory. The mm-hmm. U.S. is providing. And I, I don't think this comes as a surprise. But, you know, I think it's been publicly acknowledged now. I saw Zero Hedge out the article that the U.S. is providing real-time intelligence to Kiev. Wait, you said oh, that here we go. these children want the war to end? These are the, these are the hot the models children, of Instagram? The well, children call, of government officials oh, in Russia. That part I had missed earlier. Okay, yeah. I know they were calling for it to end. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, they were, they were saying, we don't support this. We don't, we don't want war, no war, all that stuff. Jack pronounced oh, it when, Kiev. I thought it was Kiev. What, it Kiev? got changed. It so, used to be K-I-E-V. Now it's K-I-Y-V or K-Y-I-V. I've only known it as K-Y-I-V, but that's because like... Ukrainian spelling. Yeah, it used to be K... Oh, the Russian is K-I-E-V. Kiev and Rus. So it used to be people used to say well, the it's, Ukraine. It's neither because it's Cyrillic. Yeah. yeah, that's true. People used to say the Ukraine, but um, mm-hmm. it's just Ukraine. No, it's Ukraine, which means but, the borderland. But, yeah, I catch myself that, saying really the Ukraine old. a lot, and I'm wondering I where I got that. Well, Ukraina. So, so the root of that is granitsa, which mean, which means border. Yeah. So Ukraina is at the border. Literally, yeah. so or, or you know, interpreted would be the borderland. So if you're speaking in Ukrainian or or Russian or Polish, you're saying the borderlands. But go to Ukraine and say the Ukraine and see their reaction. Yeah. They, no, they just correct you because it's like, no, we're not the, we're just Ukraine mm-hmm. as a country. Say Ukraine did this. Ukraine, not the Ukraine did this. The Netherlands or the Hague. There's a couple of thus. The right. Bronx. The United the Bronx. States. It would, it, yeah, so it's like the, these United States. Wait, the United Kingdom. English, I don't think there's but any. Not the England. I don't think there was any, the um, you know, any negative connotation by calling it the Ukraine. It was just sort of 
It's racist. Understood. The, the, understood. It's, it's just racist. The, the idea was... No, but they're all the same race. No, what, 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 I what I was told by people is that... that. No, but I am it, Slavic, so I can say it. Listen and what learn. I, it's racist. What oh. I was told by people in Ukraine was that by calling it the Ukraine, you are saying the people who live on the border as opposed to their national identity of mm. Ukrainians. So saying mm. Ukraine does this, you're saying their name is a proper noun as a people. When you're saying, you're basically like saying like the hill people when you say like the Ukraine, you know what I mean? Like, oh, the, the, the people in the outskirts. So it's not a national identity. So they were like, mm. that's what I was told. All well, right, sure. this is a good one. We got OMG Puppy says, Canadian journalist last night was interviewing an Azov guy in Kiev. He dropped the N-word at one point and they freaked out, afraid for their live stream. As they should be. That's hate speech. It's mm-hmm. worth right. getting a hold of that video. So who who is a Canadian journalist? I saw I saw somebody you? and I'll you know grain of salt, but I saw somebody saying because I, I looked for it and I couldn't find it, but somebody was even saying that the Azov you could find like on eBay and Amazon like Azov shirts and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I saw somebody tweet that. I don't but think then, people I saw realize the, it's a neo Nazi. I saw the tweet, but then I went and checked it and I couldn't find it myself. Interesting. How many people you think understand? It's a neo-Nazi group. Well, I think a lot of people do now. Yeah. But but it, but I think it's important to say that there. It's like uh, Lauren said. There's components of it that are Nazis. Is it a more co- is it more correct to say that to say it that way? Like some people have super chatted saying saying the Azov Battalion is a Nazi group is missing the nuance of components of the Azov Battalion are Nazis. Well, you there's I mean? there's many battalions as well, right? And but, so and there's there's one about. overall you know oligarch Ihor Kolomoisky. Who's funded them and funded a lot of politicians in Ukraine, uh, as well as media outlets, and that's really been bankrolling a lot of this stuff. So, yeah, I mean, again, you, you know, to say Russia is controlled by the oligarchs, it is, and then Putin on top of that. But Ukraine has just as many oligarchs as Russia does, uh, you know, proportionally. Justin Wooten says, "Are you suggesting anchor kittens is the funniest thing I've ever heard? <laughs> Let Poso roll the hundred-sided die. All right, then. all right, let's do it. Let's do go. it. Here we go. Here we go. Rolling it up." Well, should I do this on camera so people? It's can gonna see roll it's very far though. It's yeah, like a ball. It always basically. rolls far. All right, so let me. Yeah, here. <laughs> well, there it goes. That's a big oh, roll, that Ian. Rolling, rolling. Oh snap! Lydia, keep him honest. Keep him honest. We got. Oh, it's turning around. It's turning. Oh, it's coming God. back to me. Whoa! Whoa. It, oh boy! That was a powerful Whoa. roll. That was a micro roll. Forty. He rolled a forty-four. Forty-four. We have a twenty-two, a fifty-five, so and forty-four a- in China. That would be because the word four is associated with death, so that's double death. Oh, does that China. mean life? But in Clue, I could get to like literally the the library from the ballroom with a forty-four. Yeah, and if you like, draw like, four, and sorry, you get to go back right out of the gate, and then that would be so double death. Yeah, love the four. It's a very right, stable number. That's why they make tables with four legs. Hey, connect four. Anthony Austin says, Tim, civil defense should be reactivated in bunkers built for the public. You know, when you walk around New York, you see a lot of those signs, fallout shelter. I wonder if, like, I don't know anybody who has any idea how to use those or what you do in the event of an actual nuke, right? It's like I, it's like I was saying before. We we've forgotten sort of all the rules, all the you know the where's the manual for Cold War? Mm. Can we yeah. can can somebody dust it off and can we go back to read that? There was like a, a wives' tale that we had a secret sealed off swimming pool underground bomb shelter at our high school. No one ever found. I yeah. Did you guys have one too? Did, did actually, so when I in my grade school outside Philadelphia, we actually had we had a straight up bunker. I remember going into it. I remember it having like the radiation logo on it. It had the door. I remember in I remember doing at least one desk drill. And I remember even then thinking like I don't know how this stops a missile, but okay. 
You know, I guess the idea is if it hits the school, it stops the rubble. Or if the windows get blown out, you don't take it in the face. Right, right. So, you know, shrapnel. But then in the 80s, if you were in a, which I am, if the propaganda in the 80s that this was all Reagan's fault, he was going to do this. All the little kids, please, Ronald Reagan, stop us. Stop the war. Let's read some more. We got GBP says World Economic Forum wants us on crypto. Look up the World Economic Forum strategic intelligence web with blockchain linked to every aspect of life. I've been saying this, my friends, let me tell you a story back in, I think it was 2016 or 17. Uh, I went to Davos because I have friends who were working in crypto and the World Economic Forum at the time, they have peripheral events outside. So in Davos, the city, they have the World Economic Forum, which is highly secure. Then they have the entire city. It's like South by Southwest, basically. Like mm. the entire city goes convention mode. Crypto was, the, was, was it. Oh, wow. Everyone was talking about it. I actually had a conversation with the granddaughter of a, a world leader about Bitcoin. Yeah. I ended up leaving early because I was like, this is insane. There's a blizzard. They call it the Internet of Things. It was like, there was like a blizzard. It was like five feet of snow. It was crazy. That's we were going to go snowboarding, but there was like avalanche risk. It mm. was so, it was so, it's so amazing up there though. When you drive in and like you can see like the mountains and everything, it is crazy. Dude, I'm concerned with mind control. Like, they are already doing it with the media. Obviously, you can see people getting mind controlled, but like real, like when they start tapping in and changing brainwaves and stuff, maybe there already are, but I don't think so. I haven't seen evidence. But All right. Bobcat says, Tim, forget your Hollywood image of nuclear war. It would look more like the slow escalation in the game Twilight 2000. Ask Jack even. I used to play that game. What is, what is Twilight it? 2000? It was like a World War Three uh, Dungeons and Dragons game, oh. but it was, you, we had tanks and Humvees and stuff. It was really cool. Your guys' you know, stats and weapons. The problem, We've had with playing Dungeons and Dragons here, or whatever we tried to do with it, is that everyone's too roguish. You know, we, you've got to learn how to have fun and just chill with it. But it would be fun to do. Yeah, you got to learn how to lose, to enjoy losing, and make a funny, funny it, show it's, out it's, of it. It's, well, the, it's not really about winning; it's about creating a show for the people. dungeon master, I suppose. Like yeah. all the players too, because it's, it's more about just like putting on a show than about winning a game. There's no real well, victory it's, condition. It's, it's about having fun. But yeah. I would, I would love to film some kind of. Uh, if we took all of the politics today into Twilight 2000 or a game like that and then played out a scenario and like – Yeah, Twilight 2000. It, I like Aberrant. We should check out – if we play as mutants and you no, have superpowers. We, well, we should, we should do uh, 2024, 2024 election D&D. Oh my gosh! Can we? Yes, like a, rather than a, a a dungeon, it's like the the hall of Congress, and you have to go from room to room. And I can be Nancy Pelosi, and these are my <laughs> these are my powers. And you roll the dice, and there's a quorum vote, and you all have to. <laughs> oh my gosh! I would play that game in a heartbeat. But it would be funny you know. to be like 2024. Donald Trump is getting elected because they did this. Like uh, 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 like John Podesta and a bunch of Democrats did a war game. They basically played what is essentially D and D about the 2020 election. And then apparently, like, Donna Brazil and John Podesta were like, we secede from the union or, or, like, trying to get California to secede or something. Yep. What a crazy, crazy thing, man. This was in one of those Time Magazine articles, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, no. This was uh, Boston Globe. But everyone everyone basically picked it up. I think Atlantic had it. Yeah, yeah, All right. Let's see. Uh, Nemetin says, Jack, can you speak to uh, speak some to your understanding of China's 100-year plans and how this may play into their current geopolitical position? Few people get to develop much longer strategic plans and are ridiculously patient. Well, look, I mean, I, you know, I think this has been said before, but in a nutshell, so the founding of the CCP was in 19, or not the founding, but the founding of the PRC was in uh, 1949. So their 100-year plan will come to culmination in 2049. That is a key year for them because that is their centenary of taking over all, or their centennial of taking over all of China, uh, with the exception, of course, of Taiwan. 
And so the idea is they want to be in the position where the United States was at that point. They want to be the global hegemon. And if they can have Russia in their back pocket, if they can have Putin, this belligerent uh, thug, mafioso, you know, Russian mafia type who's willing to keep, you know, keep Europe at bay, then they will do so. And of course, what China will do here, it's very simple, by the way. They'll come to Europe and they'll say, look, we can keep Putin in check. You just need to make an economic deal with us. You need to give us the most favored status with the EU. We have to work together. And then we'll talk to Putin. We'll bring him down. We'll keep you guys safe. But as long as you go through us, everything's going to be okay. It's your basic, it's your basic mafia protection racket that's going on right now. And unfortunately, it's the people of Ukraine who are the ones who have to suffer. All right. We got this from Eric Vasiliev. Vasiliev? Russian guy here living in Maryland, getting my bags ready for these camps you're talking about. If it doesn't work out there, can I come stay with you guys? Mm-hmm. Um, rest assured, Russian Americans, if you are but a humble American or green card holder or just someone who is unin- uninvolved, but you are Russian, we will absolutely hide you beneath the floorboards. Yes. They can come and knock in <laughs> and we'll just be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Anybody here? You ain't done nothing wrong, bro. That's right. Maybe that's why you're getting that's spotted. Right. Maybe they, they, maybe this is preemptive swatting. Oh, yeah. We already you know? have Russians <laughs> in our floorboards. Every time they come in, they just they don't want to be there, but they we put them there anyway. The floorboards, yeah. We've heard you have Russians in your floorboards. In, in some just cats. Yeah, You're Russian dressing. Just cats, officer. They're just cats. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like you, I confess it's true, and they open it up, and there's cats everywhere, yeah. and the, the cops are like. <laughs> Russian cats. Help, help us. You think they're going to change the name of Russian dressing to like freedom dressing? <laughs> like what they do with French freedom fries? Dressing. They're saying freedom fries? Vodka. Freedom Russian dressing. dressing. Oh, man. All right. Tanner Larson says, great show, guys. Dan, what do you think about hydrogen as an alternative way of storing energy? I'm currently working on a project regarding water electrolysis, and I'm curious if you have input. Um, I, I, I'm not an expert on hydrogen. Uh, the only thing I would say is this. We've been talking about hydrogen as this amazing energy source for 60 years. If it was as good as we were hoping it would, it would have come to fruition by now. I am a firm believer that the free market cannot keep good things off the market. Did you study Stanley Meyer's oh. water car? I did not, no. Apparently, prediction just came true from right, early, 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 before the show even ended. I'm so sorry. Okay. No, no, I'll go no, into it we'll, later. We'll talk later. Kinzinger just called for a no, Kinzinger just said, this proves we need to have a no-fly zone. Oh, well, it's coming, man. But they, but they watched this yeah. show. I don't know if they were watching when we were doing the uh I'm telling the you guys. Stream, but they followed our, our advice on the camera positions. Have you bought your beans yet? Because you don't want to be fighting over the last can of beans with Agnes in a sorry, Walmart parking lot. No, 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 no. It's good. It's good. Share the beans. Prediction. Get ready um, to split your food in half and share it with your neighbor. And then get ready to split it in half over and over and over, just like Jesus did, yeah. to feed all those people. Well, he grow multiplied your, it grow miraculously. Your, by cutting it in half. No, I'm a literologist. Also, Lindsay. But that's not what literally it says. Lindsey Graham has just says. Lindsey Graham it's has scripture. just called for President Putin's assassination. I, I just saw that, uh, and I'm trying to I'm trying to pull up a source Whoa. on this. No, it's, it's his a, own Twitter. Uh, isn't that a hag crime? Wait, like so a crime? It, it, his own Twitter account is there a Brutus in Russia? Is there a more successful Colonel Stauffenberg in the Russian military? The only way this ends is for someone in Russia to take this guy out. You would be doing your country wow. and the world a great wow. service. Okay, oh, Lindsey Graham's man. out of control. He's drunk, and he needs to be removed from power. And you know, if if their their uh, leader wow. gets assassinated, the Russian people will certainly stop supporting the war effort. I can't imagine no, that no, no, nobody worse than Putin would ever come up. Yeah, no, no, no that, that could never would, ever, that, ever, that, ever this, happen. This, this is a statement that will be 
a chapter in history books oh, yeah. when a U.S. senator called for the assassination of the president of a warring nation. This I is wonder like, you know what I call that moment. I wonder yeah. what Russian TV is going to do with this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I wonder what they're going to do. Remember when we uh, got rid of Trump because we didn't like mean tweets? Yep. Holy uh, cow. Yeah. Lindsey Graham should resign over this. That's, that's, yeah, he that's, should. that's yeah. awful escalation. No, I just tweeted that. That's You need to resign. He needs yeah. to resign. Here We have it right here. Is there a Brutus in Russia? Which is obviously uh, uh, some some. Uh, yeah, Brutus is the guy that killed Caesar. Stabbed him in the back. Yeah. One That's of the guys. guys. One, One of the guys. Yeah. Is there a more successful Colonel Stauffenberg in the Russian military? The only way is for somebody to take this guy out. What? These people are psychotic, man. They want war. That's insane. That's just absolutely insanity to tweet that. It's like, that's, esca- that's, it's beyond escalation. It's, that's it's, it's bordering absurdly on irresponsible. Abs- that's, it's bordering- very well said. Yeah, thank thank you. you. I was looking for You're good welcome. words. Thank you. He thank needs you. To resign. He needs yeah. to resign because yeah. this is dangerously close to, um, informal war declarations. If yes. A, I don't know what, whatever Russia's Politburo, if a similar person had called for the assassination of Joe Biden, Amen. Lindsey Graham himself would be talking about how that is that yeah. an act of war. I do not Amen. like this guy. No, I can't stand Lindsey Graham is trash. He needs to be primaried. He needs to... This this is like, bro, quit now. I can't believe this, man. The people of South Carolina, y'all need to start calling him and telling him to to resign, retire. Just what an unhinged thing to say in general. I'm trying to figure out if it's a war crime. Is it a war crime to call for an assassination? Do the TO... Are assassinations war crimes? Does Twitter's terms of service allow this? Like, we're not at war with them. I actually don't know how Twitter's terms of service can allow this. Yeah. Well, remember, Trump, remember Trump was banned. You would be doing your country and the world a great service. How is this that not is, calling for is, violence? This is calling for violence. It's beyond him saying that's Put, crazy. like threatening Putin's life. So Trump it was is literally banned. him praising the action as honorable and a service. Crazy man. Plus, he's keep in mind this is a U.S. government official, an extremely powerful U.S. government official who's about to become part of the majority of the U.S. Senate coming, you know, coming up in September mm. or November. I thought you were going to say if, uh, if he, who's win, about to become if they retired. I think they do. Uh, yeah. I'm on yeah. the fence. I think yeah. that. Well, it, it's it's clearly jump ball. I, I know yeah. we talk about it's sad to see good Congress people go if they have term limits, but this is complete ludicrous. Beyond this the pale. So beyond the pale. Beyond yeah. the pale. Yeah. This is like these guy. This guy is just out of his effing mind. It's, and Get it's him just, out. It, I mean, it's so stupid too. Like even if it would be a good strategy to have him assassinated, it's, it's such a stupid thing to say. Like, no, the reason assassinations are never good strategy just yeah. in general is because you don't know what's... Look, look exactly. What, look that, that's what my happened point. Like, when ins- Brutus assassinated and the rest of the senators assassinated Julius Caesar. You got Caesar Augustus mm-hmm. and he turned the Republic into a full-on empire and the triumvirate had them all killed. I want to give a shout out to yeah. uh, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, my point is like, like read the rest of the story. The tri- it's just, it's, oh, he it's had the triumvirate like, killed. The yeah. way I guess my point is like it's it's an insane thing to even propose. But then the way of of j- just like saying it on Twitter, and that's how he's going to make that thought known to the world. Yeah. Is I want to yeah. even he's supposed more to be debating this in Congress. I want to give a shout out to Troy Rubert, a super chat who said Lindsey Graham calling for Putin assassination. Wild times. He he posted that. Um, before we, we, we got the source, we picked it up. But, but um, Now, free speech. Super chat. If he's in Congress and they're debating this and he brings it up, free speech. It's on the table. Maybe not ethical, but it's on the table. You don't tweet it out, dude. 
You have that the literal call no, of violence. Twitter's like a, no, 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 a weapon. No, 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 you got to no, no. use well, it like now, a weapon. Bro. By the way, you're now you're going to have Russia. By the way, you're going to have Russia responding now. He has completely undermined the U.S. Vladimir Putin can now come out and say, "People of Russia, American politicians are trying to get me killed. We these people will not negotiate with us. They have shut down our infrastructure. They are attacking with. They're waging cyber war against us. Our only op. Your only option is me. It's it's what Jack was saying. Lindsey Graham is a moron. Even if it wasn't a horrible strategy to assassinate him, and even if it wasn't a horrible idea to propose that strategy over Twitter, he is not wait, the wait, wait. person who's in a position to do so. Let me, let me read that's, this. It, that's you, ridiculous. I'm going to read Senator from South I have a super Carolina. Chat I'm going to read, Exactly. Guys. What insane Patrick Helton, on top of everything. Super chat. Patrick Helton says Lindsey Graham is right. Lindsey Graham may be technically he, he right. He just that, said it on Fox, too. He said it on Fox. He's, he's on Fox. Lindsey Graham is right if you want nuclear annihilation. Mm-hmm. Lindsey Graham is right if you want war to reach every every inch of this globe. Lindsey Graham is not correct in how you end war and conflict. He's talking about how do you how do you stop Vladimir Putin as an individual? Because if something like this happened, especially now that he's called for it, they're going to they would what respond with a war declaration against us? If if somebody took a move to kill and and it was because of Lindsey Graham, oh, you get some crazy communist take control. Does he not some understand, by the way, that that the Kremlin is more than just one person. There's an entire infrastructure inside that building. There's an establishment. There's there's neocons, right? The same way that we have neocons that are surrounding Vladimir Putin. And you can say, well, okay, Putin picked them because they're loyal to him. Okay, great. Now, what do you think the Putin loyalists would do if someone assassinated? Putin, and then you could say that because Lindsey Graham just said it publicly on Fox and publicly on Twitter that it was a U.S.-backed plot. Mm. What mm. What do you think the Putin loyalists would respond in that scenario? Yeah. Just, just they'd probably start planning a hundred years of war with the United States. People cannot think beyond first order effects. This is the same problem that you see on the left and the right. New liberals, new conservatives, they cannot think beyond first order effects. Yep. That's, That's very. It, it's really what it comes down to. It's, it's like most True. people. I don't know how many times I can say it's stupid and dangerous, like and, and still be effective. And it makes and as as Tim was just saying, it makes Putin now. It gives him the opportunity to go on the camera tomorrow and say, "The United States government is calling for my assassination." Well, and not only have they punished us it's financially, a gift. now they are calling to kill me. And all I am trying to do is fight for Russia. So you've He's going to let's say, specify that so it's now you've Lindsey given, Graham doing this and not the American government. Yeah, you've given Putin another weapon now. He's going to say. A country that invaded another country, Iraq, and then later came out and said it was an intelligence error and Mm. destroyed a country, has the nerve to lecture us because we're defending our borders as they, they attempt regime change. And now, because of Russia's willingness to defend itself, they have called for my death. That's what he's going to say. Who, by the way, you know, Lindsey Graham was a huge supporter of Euromaidan. He went over there with John McCain, uh, with Victoria Nuland, with so many of these people very early on in 2013, 2014. He's with Poroshenko. Um, he's, he's been tied into this directly. So that's at the same token, I guarantee you, Russian TV is going to be playing that clip of Lindsey Graham and then showing the pictures of Lindsey Graham being with the Ukrainian military. And this is going to be a massive propaganda coup for Putin inside I, Russia. I, 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 after tonight, man, I really do think we are heading towards, uh, a very serious escalation the- with, with the, the, the Kinzinger. With Lindsey Graham, yeah, but they're both morons. At it least. doesn't. It doesn't matter that the, the establishment has chosen its narrative, and they're going to just steamroll through. And you're going to get sycophants and lunatics who are going to be like, "We have to. We must do it." Same as it always happens. 
the anti-war, anti-war voices. I mean, Lee Camp is a strong anti-war voice, so of course he's going. Well, and the question becomes then, do people like Lindsey Graham know what they're doing? Do they know exactly what they're doing? I don't think they care. Mm. All right, let's do this. We're going to go to the member. We're going we're to record the, the, the member segment and go in more detail on a lot of what's going on. We have a couple stories we're going to cover. So smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and uh, you can go to TimCast.com, become a member. We'll have that member segment up around 11 or so p.m. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me at TimCast, basically everywhere. You want to shout anything out, Jack? Yeah, follow us, Human Events Daily, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, of course, because there is so much unrest going on in the world today, but you do not need to experience unrest. You can experience the best rest of your night, the best sleep of your whole <laughs> The best life well, to the whole wide world with mypillow.com slash promo code uh, Beautiful. That was very nice. Daniel Turner. <laughs> Daniel Turner, Power of the Future, Power of the Future.com on social media and Bristol Farm, Virginia at Instagram. At there you Bristol go. Farm, Virginia. So cool. Take a break from all of this war talk and look at two men raising sheep. Puppies. It's a lovely sheep farm in Virginia. Bristol Farm, Virginia on Instagram. Follow us. We like people. My name is Seamus Coughlin. You can see my work at Freedom Tunes. We just released a cartoon making fun of Joe Biden's State of the Union today. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. We're going to be releasing one next week on the military and its wonderful uh, diversity requirements. And so I, I think you guys will like that, too, if you want to go over there and subscribe. Freedom Tunes. Thank you very much. And it's been great to, to chat with everyone. Like yeah, guys. I have about 80 million things to say, but uh, I'll just say this. I love you. I love you. No. I love you. I love you. Bye, everyone. Bye. This has been an insane night. Thank you all for tuning in. It's going to be a really great post show, I'm sure, as well. So if you're not already a member at TimCast.com, go join us there. You can find me on Twitter and Minds.com at SourPatchLids. We will see you all at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. We'll check you out in the member segment. Bye, guys.